Sorry, we're just going to abruptly stop our conversation and have a conversation today. Uh, my name is Austin Frisak. I'm sitting here with, maybe I shouldn't say my first name and last name. Is that against the rules? Yeah. That is against our the rules. rules. Okay, can you cut that out? Yeah, I can cut it out. Okay, cut, cut this start part over. out. We're going to start over right now. Let's do it. Welcome to another episode of The Conversation, Understanding to be Understood. We are excited to be here today. We've had a little time off, and we are ready to get right back at it and get back out here and have some conversation, some arguments, and come all back together as friends <laughs> in the end. So we are grateful for today. So today we're going to get started. Um, I'm Marshall. we got my boy Asif and Chris in the building. What up? And we are ready to get started. And... Um, right now, we're kind of just talking about <laughs> anniversaries and birthday celebrations and all that stuff and how it's so different from place to place, but we want to... You guys were getting real mad about birthdays yeah. and anniversaries no, the first it, But I was saying, all I was saying was like, you know, like weddings, for instance. We spent all that money up front. Yeah. A wedding's doing... Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you might not make it five or ten years. You know what I mean? I was just thinking, of, what if we did it the other way? What if you just had something small, got married, and then on your tenth anniversary... You do something big and you bring everybody in. At least you know at that point you might be committed. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'd be, yeah. it'd be so different. But I was just the, that'd be great if the wedding was for us. You know what I mean? The wedding's great. for the woman. We all know every woman. Still, like it's wants. like two hours. <laughs> yeah. It's like two <laughs> hours. Like a, a, a typical, a typical Christian wedding is I do, I do, let's go reception. There's people getting, you know, maybe down on the dance floor. But it's about two hours. Like, typical mm-hmm. Eastern wedding in, like, Pakistan and India, it's like three, four days at least. Explain that. Well, I mean, it's very elaborate. They spend a crap load of money. Now, it depends on your poverty level, obviously. Right. You know, but still, it's... Uh, how do I explain it? Like, there's a, there's a... There's usually a three-day event, you know, that goes on. And then you're feeding people for three days. You may even be housing people for three days. You may – I mean, so it's like – and then the families are exchanging gifts, especially like, um, you know, those cultures sometimes in the East. It's just like, oh, I gave away – or my, my son is getting married to your daughter. So the daughter's family has to give up an arm and leg to the boy's family. Yeah, and it's called the what whatever it's called. Uh, it's like, yeah, I, I know what it's called, but I can't really think of it. But anyway, it's it's almost like oh, thank goodness you took our daughter away from us. She was such a burden. That's kind of like how she sometimes was those such things. A no, that's how so, no, that's how sometimes things right. are perceived because um, over there it's just like oh, we have more sons and males. That means more income to our house. So let me ask you this: also. Yeah, this, what happens in in this? period of time like if there's any doubt that comes about in the midst of this ceremony what happens at that point i'm sure there's probably it's it's very frowned upon because then it goes into the honor system like you dishonor our family and then bloodshed will happen <laughs> uh, yeah wow. it's like yeah it ain't no like i'm gonna take you to court it's like we're gonna settle this gotcha. one way or another so i mean before all that all that stuff should have been smoothed out unless it's a so-called love marriage and people were – the families were forced to unite because the kids wanted to get together. 
So it's when you get married in the Eastern culture, it's not necessarily about husband and wife. It's more about the families. Well, it's kind of crazy too here in the United States. Um, the studies are showing it's like eighty-seven percent mm-hmm. of divorces are initiated by women now. And um, well, is, the culture has just become even in the Eastern culture. So when I'm watching. Uh, soap opera dramas with my parents and my wife and stuff and they, I'm like what's going on with this soap opera you're watching on this TV and it's not American soap opera it's like from Pakistan or whatever and the culture is like you can see things transitioning well first of all it's always a uh, soap opera about family infuting like fighting and mother-in-law daughter-in-law this and this kind of stuff but then now the in the years past they would just be like no divorce mentioned. Now it's just like, oh, I'm going to get divorced. I'm going to do this. It's always about relationship. I feel like the media and the, the their uh, Hollywood is called the Lollywood over there, that they're trying to interject more real-world, behind-the-scenes things that you don't see, but it's going to have an influence on society where people before were just like, you know what? Like here, divorce in America, where people people would like, Man, my mom got – my dad was a bully for 50 years, and she put up with it, right? right? Well, now it's like my dad was a bully for 50 minutes. My mom divorced him. Right. <laughs> you know, like the tolerance is not there anymore with each other. But I will say this too. Not only is the tolerance different, but yeah. like, I think we've redefined love completely. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I think we've taken that term now, and I think it doesn't hold any weight because love doesn't – it's not longevity. Yeah, Love is a very – it's a temporary fix. It's a – short-term thing um and i don't think people live out this this idea anymore it's it's like literally like love has to feel good it has to come with all these different yeah. things and if it doesn't it's, it, it means it doesn't exist you don't know how many people i've met including even some of the things i've said where you've been this i i really didn't love this person or i thought i did but i didn't like you know you have to go through this thing and it's like, so how about we think about loving somebody before you get started? Man, you know what I, mean? I, I tell you, there's so much confusion between, I always call it lust and love because it's like, oh, yeah, sure. and lust not mean that I'm like all over somebody. It's, it's, it's a simple fact that you may be infatuated with the person, you're this and that. I mean, like, you, there's different things like that. They're very uh, lustful in a way to, but, and it doesn't equate to love. No. Like, you know, it, it's like, uh, I met this beautiful girl in high school, and you're just like, I just love, I don't know, make up her name, Jenny. I just love Jenny. I just love, you know, and I see her as this beautiful angel, and then next thing you know, like if you had a relationship with her, like say most Western cultures, you have a relationship, and you do everything before you're even married. Right. Then what happens when you do get married, and she uh, is married to you now, and then you all are in a relationship, and then... Two months later, you're just like, Jenny's a slob. She's this. She's like all opposite of what I thought she would be. But I love her because she's so cool and we get to go on trips and this and that. Like, it's all built on, like, I feel like love. Like, I love my friends. You know why I love my friends? Because I went through shit with them. Mm-hmm. Like, I went through the grind with them, ups and downs and lefts and rights and things like that. And if in a partner, if I can find a partner that I can go ups and downs and lefts and right with, uh, then that would be great. And I think that takes time to develop. Now, I think, for, I, I think up and down uh, is very important. Yeah. <laughs> Get it, Chris? Yeah. Like uh, up and down is very important to the relationship. Yeah. It's called a dowry. That's what the gift is called. 
Yes, sorry. I looked it up. Yeah. I was there's another jahez or something. That's the word I was looking for. But I think that may be in Urdu or something like that. I don't even know. You're saying I, words. That, I have to check it with my. Uh, it sounds like it's on your menu of your yeah. food truck. Can I have a jahez? No. <laughs> no. You cannot have a dowry on my truck. Um, I've been doing a lot of relationship counseling lately, like couples counseling. Strangely enough, and it is uh, a whole nother world for me. Cause like, you know, I'm not really coming from the most, you know, like I'm a divorced guy, but I've read some, a lot of material on it. I read this book called, um, pardon my language, I, I say the name of the book, but it's called Love Unfucked is what it's called. Oh it's by this guy named by Gary John Bishop. And he's like this Irish dude, like real Irish. Like, and I, I listened to the book and I've read it too. And he talks about like people get in the relationship and they have that initial love, like chemical, oxytocin. Like, and, you know, you're in love with somebody. We've all felt that. You're just like, woo, this person's the meaning of life. Oh, my God, you know. And people get into that, and they start with that, and then that kind of fades. That, that always fades. You can't live at that level. I mean, you can't. It's not, that's really kind of an evolutionary uh, mechanism for, to us to connect with people, right? So then you have to move on. Gary John Bishop says that you have to establish values, and you establish these values and the um, um like the unconditional terms of, okay, this is what our relationship's about. We value um, being kind to each other. We value monitor, you know, you know, building a life, blah, 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 blah. You know, like, um, and there's also things that won't be tolerated, whether it be abuse or don't talk down to me or um, cheating, things like that. I also have dealt with a lot of couples that have open relationships lately, which is a whole nother world. A whole nother world. whole nother Dude, world. that would trip me out. It did. I, w- I, w- I would start... It did. It tripped me out. It's no joke. I'm seeing there's so many of those now. And it's, but I think it comes back to kind of what you're just saying. Like, we walk into this this idea, this ideology that this is what it's going to be. And then when you have to start dealing with the hard stuff, it's like work, right? My dad said this to me years ago. He said, it's not the work that gets you, it's the everyday. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And when you have to be in a relationship, it's not the relationship part, it's the everyday. Are you willing to open your, your your mind and your heart up to making real sacrifices and truly being invested in these things. So what happens is we live in a society now where everything's a quick hitter, right? It's it's um, it's social media, something quick. You know, the stories have to be quick hitters, have to be impactful and be right on. So it's the same thing. So when you're talking about like these open relationships, they don't realize the danger that they're putting themselves in in the long run. And they really don't realize... This, this this has zero to do with love. At, at the end of the day, this is a bit, I mean, truly, this is about lust. It is about, it's about a sexual need because it's not that this, a yeah. lot of these people are going on dates and romanticizing with somebody else. A lot of them are being out with other people to have sex. It's about being nasty. That's <laughs> what it's all about. And they want to be the nasty. And then it comes from our culture of what we're listening to and seeing on TV and radio and things like that because it's just like if all every day you hear is sex and get it 30 different ways and then you're watching it on TV like we we'll be watching Netflix and I and it's this it's like uh, we watch this uh, a limited series drama on Netflix there was these two sisters identical twin sisters they were both living a lie by switching one would play the other, other one would play the other, and then they would go and have fun with each other's husbands and different people in their life. And they did this stupid game all their life until they got caught. And, and I was just like, how disgusting and gross. And then the husbands both knew about it. 
they were like, oh, we're just trying to love you because you were going through things. I would have been like, hell no. <laughs> I mean, there's something off here. Like, you you know, and, and that's how I feel about these open relationships. That's cool. But what about happen. the kids involved? Facts. What about the family involved? The kids, like, it's selfishness to the fullest. If you want to call it, that's when I'm like, dude, you let me get your marriage card because marriage is about commitment. I'm a big commitment and loyalty guy. Right. Like loyalty. That's my wife will ask me all she for 14 years and married. And I'm like, you loyal to me. And she's like, am I not loyal yet? Like, you know, and that just comes <laughs> from my loyal. past. Yeah, that just comes from my past. <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> you West Coast or East Coast. <laughs> you better be loyal, right. uh, you know, and it's not loyalty, meaning like someone's going to cheat. It's just loyalty and everything. Are you loyal to me when we're going through this work thing? Are you loyal to me yeah. with the kids? Are you, and, and it's just this thing that I have. But the, that because I've just, I just can't stand a person who will wishy-wash and switch and this and that. Like, that to me, like, I'm a team player. Like, well, you either with the, the team or you're not. That's the deception of it, too. It's like, yeah. you know, if, if, I, if I have an open relationship, right, um, how long before I recognize that my my girl doesn't have the same qualities as somebody else? Yeah. And then those qualities of this person are far more attractive than this is over here. Then you have a whole nother set of issues that are coming, right? And then we're continuing this. I mean, it's just, I, to me personally, I just think it's going to do, and it is doing so much damage to our society as a whole. Well, I want to hear what you feel, Chris, just because you've kind of been... Yeah, you the one started this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think you guys are going to have your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is fine. That's what we do. Listen, But here's... I'm not saying... Like, I'm more of a monogamy type of guy. Like, you know, I, I'd like to... One person, that kind of thing, personally. But I had to do some research on it. Like, how do I handle this? You know, how do I handle some these people who have these values? And I did some research on it. And they make a lot of rules. There's rules about it. And if the better communication that couple has, the better it works out, you know. And I found that if they don't have communication, it really doesn't work out. And there's also like open and off, like there's open and closed. So they'll like make a like they'll have times where they're open, times where they're closed. Yeah. So, and it's all and it seems like usually it's one person's idea, one of the pre people's idea. It's like a, you know it, they, it's like they, hey, I'm going through my stuff right now. You know, uh, you're not really doing it for me, so I'm gonna go and start dating other people yeah and a lot of people do it when they're long distance relationships but here's what's so crazy too. about this Chris that people know that I don't think is taken in much consideration like men and women are different we think different we operate different oh yeah you, women don't just have I mean women do if something's broken don't just go out and usually have casual sex just random sex right and men can I mean we're, we're different we're, yeah. we're built different they're dogs and we're more ego so this this uh, this open relationship only works if the man is able to do has the same amount of options as female, because women can have sex anytime they want. Yeah, this is—I mean, they—they—they they, they control it. There's, there's no way around right. it. If women can have sex anytime they want. We have to have an appeal. Men have to bring something to the table to make that happen. I mean, yes, there's a lot of open things now on social media and all that stuff like that. You can get in on different things, but it's just not like dudes can just walk out and, and expect to get sex every night from going to different places and random girls. It's not gonna happen. But a girl can walk out every single time and fit it with. So what I'm saying is in an open relationship, for dudes, your ego is going to come in at some point. Oh, yeah. And it, it's, there, yeah, it, it talks a lot about that. And your girl's out here. Could you, imagine, <laughs> could you imagine if, like, you made this um, commitment with your partner 
And then um, she's like, oh, I'm going on a date. Who are you going on a date with? Oh, let me show you. And it's Craig on social media, the dude that's ripped and got his own construction company. I'd be less mad if it was like... like it, I'd be like, hell no, you're like... I'd I'd be less mad about that. It was like Jeff who looks like hell. I'd be really upset. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like him? Yeah. You know? He's in a band. I mean, just imagine (laughs) the the idea. Like, you know your wife, right? And (laughs) if your wife is out there and you know she went out there and made love to some other dude with all the same emotions that she's supposed to have, like, how in the world do you move past that? You know Listen, but this is also from our perspective. Like, yeah. you don't. There's people who go out there and they have this lifestyle. Some are married, some are not married. People do all kinds of. Cr- Listen, I, as a therapist, I, I see every person. Like, I don't. I, I not. I'm not saying I see from my perspective, but I see their perspective. And I'm not promoting it. I'm not saying that I would do it. I'm just saying that these 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 people have rules about it. They. Um, they have systems that they, they follow, and I think it's an individual basis if that works for people seems or not. More but complicated. It like, seems very thing. complicated. Yeah. As for what I've seen, I've got people that I've counseled, like, of course, you know, HIPAA and everything. Like, and, and it is complicated, and I can see the dynamics of the relationship are very weird, but I think it also comes back to values, too. Like, people value certain things in a relationship, and that's what it's really about. Like, I know, like, if, if I get in a relationship... And have a you know, and get into another one. It's going to be. Does this person value the same things I value? That's what it's going to be because that's what lasts. You know, do they do they, do they value you know building a life, being financially stable? Do they you know do they want kids or not want kids? Do they have? Um, um, and also, it's like, I think when you have a like, are, are they in it for the long? Can I trust this person? You know. But isn't it disgusting though? To think, okay, so if some you, people are into if, stuff, no, no, I'm some just dudes saying, are into watching their lady get, yeah, but no, I'm, I'm talking they, about, they are. I'm talking about disgusting as mean transmitting diseases or just like, like here, here's the way I look at it, okay, yeah, like you are allowing your partner and she's allowing you right to go and have relationships with other people and then you all come back and get together. But there's who other knows? there's other variations. But in you it. know who what well, there's other who knows what's out mm. there in this world. I'm not promoting it. I'm just saying this is what the yeah. reality of life but, is. But let's, yeah. I want you to go back to the rules thing you just talked about, right? right. Sorry, so, I don't mean to. No, no. But like there's rules in prison, right? As, no, I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm going somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But there's rules in prison, and those rules are for survival, right? It gives you a chance, a fighting chance, right. to, to make it. But these rules that they put in place, not only are they for survival, but they they become a lifestyle. And over time, what happens when somebody comes out of prison who spent some, a, a good amount of time in there, these rules are still what they live by. Mm-hmm. These principles are still what they live under. And so it's the same thing. When you look at these, these open relationships, you, you can create the rules all you want. That doesn't mean that they're healthy, and it doesn't mean that they're going to be successful. They may work for a time, but that doesn't, they won't last. And over time, it will cause more issues in the long run. Now, Obviously, there are people that can hold it together, and a lot of times people just hold it together too. That I've noticed is that because divorce costs too much, they will all lose too much in the process, and it will mess up the kids a lot of times. If there's much. 53% of people get divorced, right? That's kind of where it's at right now. Yeah, sure. But I would say 15 to 20% of people that are still married don't want to be married. Right. And what it comes down to is that people have the wrong um, jury gone. Jury gone. <laughs> Gary John Bishop goes in this in his book. He, he talks about like 
because people aren't committed to the to the right things in a relationship. They expect things out of the relationship. They don't work on themselves. There's 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 you know there's codependency. There's attachment issues with people. You know you only want there's some people only want people when they don't have them. You know right. there's some people who who have issues with being close to people. There's there's people that there's you know there's there's issues with with people who are so clingy that you know they that, that person is everything to them. So it's it's he talks a lot about being able to be a whole person in the relationship because if one if both people aren't working on themselves as individuals you're in trouble I have the relationships that I've been counseling I notice that one person will not work on themselves and they have all these kind of mental hang-ups and they have expectations which we all know that expectations are planned resentments you expect like love's not a boomerang L- love you don't throw love out there and it just come back you can't expect that like maybe it, you know you know what I mean like that's what the problem is. Well, they're not letting me like I'm letting Did these them. people, I'm sorry to cut you off. Mm-hmm. Does these people have any kind of spirituality about themselves? Yes, but because I think that plays yeah. a big role in yeah. a lot of lot of things. Like if you don't have spirituality about yourself uh, and meaning like a moral compass. Yes. Yes, like m- I'll use my wife example. She's very committed to her faith, right? And she she prays five times a day. She fasts all the time. I mean, she does all the all the things right. And I always try to learn from her and do that. And she's more balanced and stable mentally than I am. I can imagine. I mean, like I'm I'm like I'm like a up and down, left yeah, and right, zigzag yeah, sometimes. Yeah, me too. Uh, but like, I feel like she's way more. Even the hardest things that she can go through, what does she do? She starts reading her mm-hmm. uh, spirituality books, and then I mean, it's the Quran, but it's not like a multiple books. She starts praying. She starts meditating, like those kind of things. Like, and me, and I'm just like, I need to get it out. I need, to, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm a different person, but I just find that people that are more spiritually inclined. Like even her friends and things like that, they act different than a person that is not like you know what they say. You want to find a good girl, go to church, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there may be a reason behind that. Not only because that person is mentally <laughs> stable or something, but there's some values being taught. And I just I feel like some of these open relation things, there's some trauma somewhere hidden back there. I mean, also it's. I think people. Uh, there has to be some trauma somewhere back there. Well, I mean, there. if if okay, we, we, listen, I, I definitely am a spiritual person. I definitely believe in God. I need a girl who believes in God. I think for me personally, like, if but it's, I have to go into these situations with no judgment. You know what I mean? I can't yeah, as a therapist. As a I therapist, mean, yeah, yeah. so so I had to learn. I went and researched. Like, what are the rules? How do people do this? What are the names of things? There's open relationship. There's um, see that's there's being poly. Yeah. There's there's all kinds of different um, categorizations of people. There's being a demisexual. You know what a demisexual is? A demisexual is someone who only will sleep with somebody if they have an emotional connection with them. They'll only be with someone if they have an emotional connection. So it's like that's a, that's a, that, that, that's is that a, a thing. normal relationship? Yeah. <laughs> and, right. and they had to just saying, bring it up. It still comes down to at the end of the, the brass text of sex, which is important. Yes, but that's what it's coming down to. It's, a, yeah. it's not about relationship necessarily it's more about the sexual part of it right and that's that's what's really it, happening and that's why it, it won't it's not built to last it's not built yeah. to sustain itself. but are you can you have a relationship that's 
that lasts without sex at all. Yes. I mean, you got to You can. Yeah, it's, you called, can. it's called marriage probably between <laughs> 50 and 70. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. But I'm saying, yes, there, there's a point in which... But is that what really people desire? People really desire the emotional connection and they desire the sexual connection. I think you... Like, as you get older, you're going to lose... Like, you're not going to be the same 20-year-old couple... And, of course. And then, and then you're not going to be the same at, when you're 40 with kids and 50, 60 with grandkids. And, but we're not living like, in a world yeah. where people stay married. Yeah. No. So we have to think about relationships as a whole by, thing. But it's, that's the problem because we live in a world that is driven by sex. And we're living in a world that is driven by selfishness. You're, yeah. you're but we also live in a Puritan society that has demonized sex so much. Well, no, too. here's here's the you know thing. What I mean? I, we I, do live in a Puritan yeah. society. It's like sex is bad, blah, 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 blah. But I mean, you yeah, know? but I mean, we you just don't hear sex is bad as much anymore. But what you do hear is you need to be happy. You need yeah. to find this, right? So in that is this open idea that anything works, right? And until I'm going to be the best version of me. Yes, and so you're a we, shitty version. <laughs> And that's the problem, though. When you see that so often, it just creates such a major issue for so many people, and it just creates selfishness and all this other stuff. So when you when you think about it, it's like it's it's crazy. I've talked to so many women who you you I'm sure you know this very well. When they don't, um, when something gets broken, and they almost like they think like a man, right? Um, sexually, it, when sex doesn't matter to them or doesn't have that emotional connection for a female. You know how hard it's going to be for them to find a man that will, for, that will love them? I don't know what you're saying. You don't? No, I don't understand what you're saying. Like, re- rephrase that. I don't still understand what you mean. Like, when the girl, like... So, example would be, like, a, a these uh, girls that are in the music industry, and they would sing about stuff or rap about stuff, and they're just, like... So, it's kind of hard for... So, if someone is saying... Um, is he explaining it? Am I? Exp- well, no, is that yeah, is that what you're saying? Like so like oh, a young female. <laughs> no, yeah, female, I'm just saying like oh, no, if yeah, they're being hoeish and yeah, being right. uh, proud of it, like oh broke. girl, I'm a hoe, and like they're they're happy of it. Like how does that translate into stuff? That doesn't translate well to men. It doesn't. It may be appealing for a record industry, but it doesn't appeal towards what your average life and you're raising right. kids and stuff. It's appealing for yeah. sex, but not in a relationship. Right. I mean, I think here's the thing. Communication is the main thing in a relationship. Period. And that bleeds over into everything else. Right, but that's what I'm It bleeds saying. into sex. If you can't say to your partner, listen, I have a need and I want it to be intimate, how many relationships probably have ended because the person, people don't want communication about whether it be sex, bills, kids. Like, you know, a lot of relationships kind of go downhill because of communication. Right, but if a man hears that this woman's been with 60, 70 people... There's something missing. Something's broken there that a man is going to realize. Like, like and, 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 there's and a it's, connection there that yeah. we're not going to be able to get to until there's some healing done. Yeah. And the same thing as a girl. If a girl's like, oh, Chris, you've been with 60, 70 people. Like, I got to question myself as a girl. Like, is this the dude that I want to be with? That doesn't affect girls, though. The same. It does not affect girls the same. I don't know. Some of the girls they know, I they know. They girls with athletes. Yeah. They know who they, they know. They can hear all the stuff in the world. Financial status is different. Girls do not, they don't want to hear, like, you know, obviously I don't want you to know this, but that's, that gives that gives a man more of an appeal to women when he can get girls. That's a fact. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, guys we are the guys are different. Yeah. I mean, but we are. I'm just saying, like I'm the saying, same. That's not yeah. a question for women. Now you can't be out here talking about you slept with ninety people and ain't got no money. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I I think it does appeal. You're right. I, this is a this is one of those tough questions. It's like uh, I I kind of think about it. You're you're kind of, like I, I want to say is trying to fix a man. Yeah. In this situation, and try to. Because they know that he has a sex appeal. And if he has a sex appeal, that means other women want him. That gives her status. That's just a fact. That's men are the same way, though. Huh? Men are the same way with that. No. I mean, men want a... No, at the, a, 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 at the beginning a, a, of the say, day, they I'm, want something easy. At the end of the night, they want... Who, men? Men, yeah. So men are just thinking with their other uh, anatomy. So what they want is they want something quick and easy. and then But at the end of the day... You want that housewife, right? And that, that and that's just the plain and simple. I, I mean, I want to, I want someone I can communicate with, right? But you, you do not I mean? want a girl that has been bagged by everybody that you know. Communicate. Not that I know. What do you mean by right. communicate? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I understand communicate. I think it's yeah. At the end of the day, oh, I'm just doing base level things. Base level. I, think, communication. Yes, I agree with those things. I just think that the problem is when you get down to the nitty gritty and you start asking questions like communication, and you start communicating. And you start talking about some very tough situations and conversations, and your girlfriend looks at you and says, "And listen, I don't make the rules. It's just the bottom line. This is what sucks about it is I don't make them, but these are the rules of society and how they operate. If a woman tells you she's got a ton of sexual partners, she's going to be treated. She's going to be less likely to have to find the ability to have a long-term relationship with somebody because they're going to treat her based off of her past. Think about this: you can't say you slept with 80 people." And then when you get into a relationship, start talking about, I, I, man, I don't want to have sex tonight. To a man, he's already heard the number. He's not going to be able to turn that off. Well, let's break this down, too. Like, for that individual, like, every time you have, your, you know, intimate relations with somebody, you, you, sometimes you create a bond, especially women, you right. know? I mean, I think men do, too. Like, there's a bond. Yes. Like, you don't forget that. But prostitutes know? is a bond? Yeah, I mean, you you're with a person intimately. There is some kind of bond. Now you can probably see like sear that connection after 70, 70, 80 or you know people you know. But there is a, a a bond with somebody. Like it's that's kind of it's made that way. Now you can after that many people probably it gets a little bit watered down a little bit. But men are not with men. No, men are different. Men and women yeah. are so different. Women are emotional, men are logical, right? And there's different, ty- different types of people. There's some men that are different. Our you know. sexual stuff is different. You know what I mean? We don't, we don't, we don't have to think about the last girl we've been with, all this other stuff. It, you know, guys don't think the same way yeah. that, that girls do. You know what it's I mean? It's also your attachment style. Some people are get really attached really quick. Some people don't. Some people run away from relationships. Yeah, like I heard a comedian say, a girl has some kind of a standard in which she would think before she would sleep with somebody unless they were inebriated drunk something mm-hmm. like that they said guys they'll sleep with that girl that's laid out behind the dumpster with <laughs> slobber on her mouth you know what I mean yeah. Like, yeah we just we operate so different in certain I ways. think that I've met a lot of demisexual guys like I'm on in therapy and they won't if they don't have an extra connection with a girl they won't even consider it so it's like it was kind of strange because I thought it, I thought it was that way but I've met some guys but you know what's changing yeah, it's changing. You know, the, the, the Why don't they just call it, movement? I'm picky. <laughs> yes. Demisexual. Yeah. I, I feel like it means like you're a demagogue or something like that, some sort of demon. It also I'm is, it's really hard for those people too, because if someone doesn't, and I find it, it's also people that aren't, like the, the people I've talked to aren't that confident. 
You know, but it's all comfort. It's pretty. I mean, when you're intimate with somebody, it's so do you think it's all insecurities? That's basically I think, what you said it earlier. I think the real truth of the matter is when you when you pull spirituality out of it, yeah. then you open yourself up to any and everything. So I'll give example. America is a country that we're and yes, we in some sense this is a different topic. Uh, but America is basically built on freedom and free will and this and all all this mm-hmm. stuff like that. The Puritan and values, though. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. You were like Puritan values, and I'm like, okay. So if it's Puritan values, then there wouldn't be a, a 53% or higher divorce rate. Well, if saying, it wouldn't yeah. be this, what I'm saying is America. Like yes, we have all these religions and we have all these things, but we've lost our sense of. A spirituality and like I love myself and I respect myself. It's that's all, a big thing. It's all free for all. Like the whole country should be Vegas. Like I don't give a crap. I'm living my best life. I'm this this that. You go to Saudi Arabia, ain't that way? You go to Sudan or you go somewhere like that where uh, I mean uh, Ghana or uh, Japan. I don't know if Japan's that way, but I'm just talking about where they consider modern versus non-modern. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's something to say. About finding respect and loving yourself in spirituality. Whether you're a monk or you're a Christian or a Muslim or a Hindu or whatever. Once you find that self-respect and love of loving yourself, you don't do this shit. Mm -hmm. You won't do this shit. You won't entertain the thought. I think that's part of the problem. And and I would just, I would revert, I would say, this is just me. Because I understand exactly what you're saying. I think you got to have some of that too. But my issue is that that's part of the problem that I see. And I even see this, and I say this so much with drug addicts and, and all this stuff, is that we have, the problem is people don't have a problem loving themselves. They really oh, I, I, I disagree totally. I, well, you can disagree. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I understand that. But I see I, what I you're saying. That's, that's why we're having this conversation. And yeah, here's why yeah. I say that. Here's yeah. why I say that. People sit back and say that they don't love themselves, right? And they, they have all these different reasons for not loving themselves. Just like I say, like a drug addict, right? But at the end of the day, when you go get that drug, you're not getting the drug to get somebody else high. You're not going to get, you don't go get some, I don't go get a burger to make Chris feel better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We are innately selfish. And we operate strictly on taking care of self first. That's why when most people get in relationships, what do they say? I don't want to get hurt. I ain't ever doing this again. I'm not doing this. It's, a, it's an automatic selfish mindset that we have. There's very few people that walk into this lifetime saying, I'm going to serve. Right. Yeah, I, very I, few people in this life say, "I'm going to serve someone else. I'm going to get rid of my selfishness and trade it in for this and be in a relationship." That's what I think it, people get killed, and so you don't think about this stuff a lot. But in, in relationships, what happens? I'm not feeling fulfilled. Right. Yeah. Done. You're not. You're not understanding mm-hmm. me. You don't listen to me. You need. You need to meet my needs, and that's what always happens. And then it's just selfishness. And then what do they say? These self-help books. You need to find yourself. Go find yourself. Love yourself. And you're doing all this loving yourself. And what normally happens, you end up alone. Selfishness is different than loving yourself. Then what? Like selfishness is not loving yourself. Being selfish isn't loving yourself. Being selfish, especially if you're a drug addict, like if you're a drug addict, most, listen, I've been an alcoholic. So I'll just go ahead and you know, say it. Like, and when I, when, I was, when I was drinking, like I was drinking, I didn't love myself. I hated myself. I was just trying to get out of pain, you know. And I, I agree with you. People are innately selfish. I would agree with you on that. But loving yourself is being able to um, be an autonomous person and take care of yourself. I say this to my clients all the time. I said, "What if you decided to stop feeding yourself today? How many people would feed you? Would would you die?" And they're like, "Yeah, I would die. No one's going to feed me." 
we have to feed ourselves enough good things, you know, positive things. Drugs are not one of them. Being selfish is 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 um, is different than taking care of yourself. Like being able to be an autonomous individual person upon yourself. Like there's codependency issues. Of I need someone else to tell me that I'm okay. I need to be validated. Back to what you, you, know? you said just a second ago. You said you drank for what reason? To kill I, the pain. To, to kill pain, guilt, right. guilt, all right. that kind of stuff. See what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the point that I'm making. Instead of enduring and going through it. Yeah. And, tr- and teaching yourself how to overcome. But I didn't know how to get out of it. Right. You know? Right. But so that's what I'm saying. So instead of doing those things, these are the choices that we make that that become selfish. Instead of because there are people that love you. Yeah. There are people that care about you. There are people that depend on you. But I didn't know how to love myself. And that was the problem. But I'm saying, no, but you there know? are people that don't, but I'm saying. I hated myself is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. I understand that. Because you don't understand your value. Right. Right? That other people have in you as well. Mm-hmm. Your, your family. Maybe your, your communication was You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like even now. The, the <laughs> with myself? <laughs> yes. <laughs> My communication was off with myself. Yeah. And even, yeah. I told even myself now, bad things I mean, about the, myself. It's like the bonds that you have. Like mm-hmm. You... We, when I say we get selfish, it's because we step into these dark places and we stop looking at the things that are around us that are very important, mm-hmm. that matter. Having like, gratitude for what we have. Yeah, right? I was saying, just about to say that. Every time I get on my crap, it's I have to go back to gratitude. I think that's the key to kind of... like You're like, you do have someone that cares about you. You do have some, so that If someone can try to break that cycle and go to gratitude... But what if someone... The point is, I didn't love myself. Yeah. Forget gratitude, right? Yeah. I forget. Here's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I understand about loving yourself. Yeah. What, what we talking about, but like I'm saying, like the fact, like Chris is now a, a friend or a brother to me. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? I I genuinely love Chris. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, Marshall. And I know Chris can sit here and, and I know in his dark times you can say I don't know how to love myself. It's because you're not paying attention to the things that are around you that are that are telling you your value. It's just mm-hmm. like. With God, right? People say, if God would just come down and speak to me, then I would believe, right? But God speaks to you in everything around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many things that you've just missed yeah. because you're wanting this when there's all these amazing things around. Just like, you know, you, you talk about how hard it is to own your own business. So when it's going so bad and you're just like, if it's going real tough and you're struggling, you're just going to go home like, gosh, man, I don't know why did I do this? But then there's this gift there called your family. That is sitting there saying, Dad, we know you can do it. Yeah. And that's gratitude. He's talking about and gratitude. you have to work hard. Like, just, you, you have to work hard on yourself. You have to work hard on your business. Like, just in general, when, like, I think that's where the whole out, like, we have, America is set up like this. Um, relationship ain't working. Well, you've been with that girl since high school. How come, how come you just now find out the relationship not working? I'm out. Divorce. Why'd you get married at 19? You know, like when people are selfish 19, and you're 19. not listening to people, <laughs> uh, you know, and then we're just giving people outs all the time. I'm a drug addict. Man, you've been a five-star athlete your entire freaking life. Everything was turned to you. You started getting hot with your buddies. I know how it goes. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't that simple like someone stuck a needle in my arm and then it's over. It's I know this path started happening from the beginning. We all got pains. Oh, I, I did this because I lost my daddy. I did this because I lost my family. Okay, well, there's 100 million people. Look at the orphanage. <laughs> you know, look at this. Look at that. There's all kinds of people with it. But they, it's something in there. Like, I want to stop the pain. I want to stop the pain, too. 
get high, get drunk, whatever. But there has to be a mechanism that you snap out of it or just say, enough is enough, that I have to get back on track. It's funny, because Chris... You because know if you didn't have any Narcan, we were talking about Narcan earlier, if, um, if the city didn't have no Narcan, how many people would have died? A lot. Right. Okay? And... That's it. Pause. And because they died and that's it. No one cares about that uh, a homeless guy that was not on drugs and he just died out there and no one knew about it. No one cares about that old senior citizen who died and never did drugs and stuff. But we always have an out for people and then blame it on some sort of freaking issue. Like, let's do another diagnosis. You ain't a diagnosis. You're not a diagnosis. <laughs> You're not a diagnosis. Get your ass up and do something. And, and that's a, one of the greatest points. That I, and I, I think you might be able to test this too on some of the accounts because I've been doing this a lot, helping yeah. a lot of relationships lately too. The one thing I've learned in these relationships too, there is very little accountability. Yes. I no can, one I wants to look at themselves and say that I. it's always about what somebody else is doing to me, which is causing me to react off this. And never wants to do two people look at each other and say, Maybe this is kind of a yin and yang. Maybe I'm doing something that's creating this, and maybe this they, they, their response to me is this, and maybe I'm responding to them because of this. It's like we are creating our own dot, our lines and fears in these relationships as well, and then then we don't want to work on them because I don't want to change me because I think this person needs to change, and it's just always this whole form of casting blame. But it's the same thing I feel about in with drug addicts and everything else. You get you get a pass for your trauma. You get a pass for how you started to handle your trauma at a certain point. But once you come into the knowledge and information of how to overcome these things, you now have to have some form of accountability on how you're going to start working on overcoming these things. And you don't just keep getting a pass for keep going back out there and finding yourself in these positions. But it's the same thing in relationships. You, you, get, a, you get a pass for a period. You know, but once we decide this is what we're going to be and what we're going to become, we got to make a huge change that. But one of the hardest things that I've learned in marriage for me is when there is no accountability on the other person's end. Yeah. Like, I, I'll take my stuff. I, I have to own my stuff. I have to own coming from a broken home. I have to own from drug addict parents. I have to own not seeing a relationship model. I have to own that. But to be in a relationship with somebody who's just always like, well, you should have did this and you should have did that. Like, you don't have to own nothing. That is insane to me, and that's why I think so. That's why I talk about people are so innately selfish. Is because we, it's like it has to be everybody. Just like take our careers, we can all gripe about our jobs, but is yeah. it always our job too? I mean, do we we don't put nothing, we don't have no part in any of the stuff that's going on either. You know, I've had to do some soul searching myself. I'm very frustrated with my place of business. You know what I mean? But there are some things I could have done better myself. Yeah. You know, and I and I know that. That doesn't change what I, I mean. It doesn't change my fight. Yeah, and I and, and you know that the one thing like careers and things of that nature, you can get very much into your headspace. Like, why is like? Here's my thing. I had to. I had a big discussion with uh, you know with my sister and stuff about being grateful and stuff. But we were talking about careers and things like that, and you know, and we started going down the path of like. Well, if it was only this and if it was only that. You know what, what happens when we start thinking of if only this and only that? 
And she brought me quickly back to reality. She's like, you're not looking for gratefulness. Well, just, just because this is happening right now doesn't mean you're not looking at the other backside of your life like it's happening for a reason to prevent you from further chaos or collapse or something like that. Or you're going through this grind. Like, God didn't say, like, here you go, you know, like, uh, uh, to people, uh, anyone who's ever been great in the world, he didn't be like, oh, here's your path, nice and easy. <laughs> it's always been a struggle. Even the top businessmen in the world, right. if you read their autobiography history, like, just say, Hershey, Pennsylvania guy, you know. Dude, they went through some stuff just to make some chocolate bars. <laughs> a lot of stuff. And, and 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 then they became successful. Whatever. Same thing in life and whatever like that with your marriage or whoever you are. You're going to go through some stuff. It's not going to be easy. It's how you start handling these situations. Put your head down and go. Because I think a lot of divorces end prematurely and they could have been successful marriages. Because we've given them the out. How about it, it's a... Uh, it's, but I mean, not, wait, not accepting yeah. accountability. It's, no. just, it's just a huge... It's four problem. minutes, two minutes left on the clock, and this, uh, and they're up by three. You have three timeouts, and you got to stop them, get the ball back, and then drive down the field. What are you going to be like, dude, I quit. It's over. It's over. Or are you going to be like, come on, let me just see where it goes a little bit further. And I'm not just talking about divorce. I'm talking about business life. I'm talking about success, school, anything you do in life. You have to look at that scenario. Is like, are you just shut up and just go through it? or And, and get some advice from people that are going to help you? Or do we start uh, getting our ears, like, say you're feeling bad, you start looking at TV. And you're just like, oh, man, watching this soap opera. I wish I had a relationship like this. And oh, that, look at their sex life is so great on TV right. and this and that. I wish my wife was like that. I wish my son, you know, whatever it is in life, you just start daydreaming and then you start talking to some friends. They're like, screw it, girl. Let's go out to drink and have a good time. Or yeah, let's go out, guys. And I said, and they're putting you in that situation where it doesn't provide you the best results, knowing in your soul. This is what you want different. Right. And even going back to accountability, too, in this sense, like like you're talking about, you know, we've been divorced. And we, if you could go back and look at, not saying that we, these, these are the relationships you could, but go back and be able to look at those things and say, you know, where, where, where did we really go wrong at? Like, were we really supposed to take this, 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 this path together? You know, was there things telling you that you shouldn't have married me before we got started? And then I could say the same thing. Yeah. Right. And if we both came to that conclusion, we don't have to walk around, even though we made a mess of things, yeah. we don't have to walk around hating each other. But we can literally look at this thing and say, you know what, I, I failed you in the sense of I should have known that this wasn't right. And and she can look at me and say the same thing and say, I, 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 I knew too that I didn't want to be married to you. You know what I mean? Or if two people come to that conclusion, like, why did we really get married? And they sit down and have this conversation and the girl says, you know what, I'm not going to be honest with you. I married you for comfort and security. Yeah. And the guy says, well, I married you for this reason. Yeah. And we say, okay, so obviously we didn't start this right. Is there a chance that we can start this over, to, not necessarily forget anything, but is there a chance that we can start by investing in this thing far differently and being accountable for what we're doing and now move forward and say, this is how we're going to build. I want to learn you and, and we can see if we can learn to, to follow 
find that love that we're supposed to have, or do we have to walk, but can we walk away from this thing knowing that I don't have to tear you apart, I don't have to beat you up, we don't have to rip, I don't have to take half of your income, you don't have to take half of mine, and can we walk away from this thing knowing that we can do this thing the right way? Even if we have kids, if we know that this is coming to an end, can we co-parent correctly now being friends by coming back with that accountability saying, hey, we just, we did this wrong. We didn't have God in it, we didn't have this in it, we didn't have this, and we, we messed up. We had sex in it and lust, and we made some poor choices. And that's okay, that's grown-up stuff. You know, that, and that then someone can move on instead of feeling guilty all their life about being a failure in divorce and failure in this. But you're, you're going through the process of when will people be real with each other instead of we're always putting on a mask. Communication. Communication. Yeah, communicate. Yeah, accountability. See, that's why I'm a big opponent. Like you know, like uh, they, communication they say, and like, accountability. Uh, <laughs> that's our. You know, it's, I mean, there's this quote I've been really living on lately. I've been trying to, I'm trying to get to know myself, guys. You know, and uh, I because I don't honestly had trouble being alone with by myself. You know, and I probably still do sometimes. I get in my head, but it really, you know, when you get divorced, you get you get to be alone a lot. You know. And so I'm reading some stuff about um, being able to be comfortable with, with that. And one of the things it says, um, this quote I've been just living on, I've been repeating it to everybody I know, is the more we want things to be different, the worse we feel. Can you imagine, like, and that applies to everything. Boy, I wish my life was like this. I wish I wasn't in pain. I wish I had a, you know, a, a relationship. I wish I had a better job. Blah, 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 blah. And you just sit in that, I wish my life was like this. But I, and then you're like away from gratitude. Yeah, big time. You know, like the more we wish our life was different, the worse we feel. And I, it's, it's, like I wish I felt better. I wish blah 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 blah. blah. And like, I, I tell all my, I tell all my clients the first thing I do, and this is what I do every morning, is I have um, this this thing called a panda planner, but it's not the manliest thing. But it's like this 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 uh, not the manliest name. A panda planner. Yeah, but but basically it has like prompts. Yeah. And I, I make these prompts for my clients, and it's the first thing is, what do you have gratitude for today? And every day I write down, I am, what is the word? Ambla- ambulatory? Yeah, where you can walk, you know? You know, I have a hard time saying it. But I'll, I'll say, I, you know, I have resources. I have a house to live in. I can see. I can, you know, wh- you know I have friends. And then the next thing is, what are you excited about? I mean, that's one of my favorite ones. Because I'm excited. I'm excited about the podcast. I'm excited about playing music. I'm excited about, um, some concerts I get, you know, you, you, you sometimes life's about looking forward to things too. And then it goes into, um, you know, focus on, but the, really the, the gratitude is what I tell every person. Cause if you can have gratitude from where, no matter where you're at, you should have gratitude for something. If you're alive, you should have gratitude for something. And it's so powerful. And there's actually been studies done that have shown that it does increase dopamine to, to your brain and send serotonin and the equal levels. Like you're like, Oh yeah, I'm fine. I have a, I have a mentor and he always says, He's like 72-year-old. He's like my Mr. Miyagi. And, and he, he, he'll he go, as long as a gun or a knife aren't pointed at me, I'm fine. And I'm like, dude, that's you know, that's true. Like, if I'm not in immediate danger, I'm pretty okay. And so I have to go to the baseline. And I try to bring my clients down to baseline. And um, it's really interesting, like, how that's changed my life. Like, because I've gone through some pretty hard times. My mom has passed away. I've lost my job. I've gotten a divorce. I mean, I should be using drugs right now. You yeah. know what I mean? You I have a be, right to have a beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't have a beer. Like, if I have a beer, see you later, yeah, buddy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, and like, I can't do any substances. So, I mean, I can, but for me, I can't. 
Yes. You know what I mean? I just put you in the back. I'm a list. most obsessive person. I have the, an addictive personality. I did not know that. Yeah, like I have. <laughs> you didn't know that at all. Like I remember that was a kid. I wrote in this journal entry and it says, "I ate twelve Oreo cookies today." And I, I remember that. I'm like, I had a problem then, you yeah. know. But it's kind of a superpower because I get obsessed with things. Like I work out like a madman. Like if it's, and if I get into like something, I really get into it. I just have to watch what that I use it on, you know. And, and I have to really be careful with. Where what, is, why is that for you though? Why is it like that? I guess it's my brains like that. Uh, was it like that in the marriage? Like you I'm sorry. Is that a, in my marriage? Was, good, was I obsessed with my marriage? Was I obsessed? Yeah. Like, was did it hurt my marriage? Oh yeah. yeah. Like I was an just alcoholic, being obsessive and like you know. Yeah, I mean for yeah. sure. I mean my I mean I, my alcoholism definitely affected my marriage in a bad way. And then I, but I was clean for three. You know I was clean for three years. I didn't use for three years after you know uh, after and in our marriage. But I mean I'm not going to go into all that. But you know what I mean like. Mm-hmm. I experienced the marriage without it as well, but I became less selfish because it does make you selfish. It makes you selfish. It makes you, but I also hated myself at the same time. So there's a dichotomy from what you're saying of you're an addict, you're selfish, but also you hate yourself. Like I hated myself. I was judging myself all the time. I come from that. I was always sending. I would send myself to heaven and hell every day. Right. I'm going to heaven. No, I'm going yeah. to hell. And it was very black and white thinking, which. In mental health, we call those cognitive distortions. And I want to say some of that because this is something I've been talking about a lot. And I've, I felt this the other day, and I've shared it maybe once or twice. But, um, you know, it's, it's like I've been listening to some of these different pastors, and, and, I, and I've been listening to some of these sermons. And it's like, and I listen to the way that these sermons are preached. And I'm going to ask you something, too, in, in, in a second. But I, I listen to the way these sermons are preached. And I, as I listen to them, it's like, you know, they're, they're, they're these uplifting, spirit-filled, feel good about yourself, trust in these right sermons. And I understand them. But I sit back sometimes and I was just kind of wondering, like, man, you know what? This is why I think we do have so many problems in life is because we try to preach people into these places either, like Nikki said, the heaven or hells or all these different things. And I'm not doing away with sin as a whole. I think it's, it is what it is. I and, and how hard it is. But man, it's almost like we try so hard to to just dismiss we are human. Parents. Yeah. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. try to dismiss that we're going to have to go through the ebbs and flows of life. You know, you're going to, death is a part of this life. No questions asked. Whether it's you have somebody dying in your life early or dying in your life late, it's never going to be easy. You're going to have to address that. You're going to have to deal with pain. You're going to have to deal with heartache. You're going to have to deal with um, family breaks. You're going to have to deal, I mean, there's job losses. Those things come because we live in a fallen, broken world that continues to thrive off selfishness and money. You know, there was a point in time in life where businesses closed at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and that was it. But when somebody realized if we had a 24-hour shift, we can make more profit, more money, then we start doing it. And then all of a sudden, most people didn't realize this, but at one point in time, graveyard shift was the most number one cancer-causing agent in America. Reprogramming your body. I don't doubt it is now. Right. And, and now it's stress. But what I'm getting at is that when it comes to God, is that we have, everybody is trying to strive to have a burning bush moment or build an ark type situation. And these things were designed for very specific times for specific purposes. And these stories were given to us to show us what it's like to be human and who's the difference between us and God. And so we will never reach this, but we have to strive for it. But we strive for it in this way that, People write these books as if you you discovered something and you were holier than that. It's like 
one of the hardest things I ever listened to, this this Beth Moore was preaching, and she was talking about how God told her to brush this man's hair. That she didn't even know him. Just walked up to him and brushed his hair. But here my sister has been begging for God to speak to her for years just to be able to find a way to not be suicidal. Right? And But God is not talking to her, but telling this lady to brush somebody's hair. It's a show. It's a show. And, I, a I, show. and I want my sister and I'm there for myself that I'm learning. My, and, and even like I'm listening to you, listen, it's like we... We are human, and I think that is one of the greatest gifts we've we been forget, given. We forget. We forget. There's a there, there's a difference between us and other animals on the planet. God and and, and this spirituality is supposed to help you know that you're gonna make mistakes and fumble along the way. But you are you are supposed to. All this modern age is talked about is profitability and. For you to be the most successful human being, you got to be rich. You got to have this. You got to have this, 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 this. Instead of just being a humble human being, Facts. living on this planet, like we forget the just the purest basic concept. If I walked uh, into a gym right now, a basketball players, and I said, yeah. "You got to have hard work, dedication, and whatever else, right, to play basketball. These are the three things you need." Those kids were like, "Okay, cool." Yeah. LeBron James could walk in and say the exact same thing, word for word, and they will hear that. Far more than they would hear me, even though it's the same information, because they think, oh, LeBron, he's the greatest, of, you know, he's up here, he's playing, he's definitely the greatest. Because they monetized it. But they monetized it, right? Yeah. It's, it's so funny that we, like I said, it, it just goes back to this idea that we just don't want to come to terms with. We were given emotions. You're going to cry. You're going to hurt. You're going to go through all these things for a reason. That doesn't make you less. That doesn't make you weak. Yeah. That doesn't make you terrible. That doesn't make you anything. And that doesn't mean you don't love yourself because you have to feel and the, and, and, and yeah. endure and go through these things. It's. I mean, could you imagine being Christ? I mean, real talk, if you think about this. You come to this earth. You perform miracles. You love everyone. You treat them like gold. And they say, hey, lock him up and give us the killer. Because he ain't rich. <laughs> you know what I mean? Lock him up, give us the killer. And then you just, could you imagine... <laughs> Just knowing that I'm getting ready to die for these people, and yeah. they want me dead. They want me dead for loving them. Yeah. Now like, they got iced out uh, Jesus chains. Iced out yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you know, first, I want to thank God. You know, yeah. I mean, why did they kill? They killed Jesus because he was going against the the, the societal norms. I mean, yeah. the, 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 I mean, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were making some dough, buddy. Yeah, they making. Telling yeah. you about yeah. being, you don't need this. And then when he ripped the temple up, it was a den yeah. of thieves. You turn. Into a market. They were charging place. people too much yeah. money. You know what I mean? yeah. But now, I need a, I need a church. I need a plane so I can get married here. So I can go reach. It, it, it's funny to me. Like when I talk about accountability too, I just have to I have to throw this in. Just so you see, what they're talking about they're getting rid of gas cars in by twenty thirty five. Good luck with that. Right. Good it's, luck it's, with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like getting, it's like, it's saying, yeah. We're going to get rid of all the guns. No, you're not. Yeah. This is what California did. Yeah. So they tell you you got to get rid of the cars. And we want to go all electric, but then they're telling everybody, "Hey, but you only charge from this time to this time." Yeah. Anybody charges after that? You it's know? control. It's, it's, Napoleon Hill. Are you all familiar with Napoleon yeah. Hill? He wrote that uh, amazing book right before he passed. Interview. He had an interview with the devil. So he's talking about all of today's societies. Oh, here we go. Conspiracies again. Uh, all of today's societies is just programming due to control, right. especially the number one thing. What is it? Education. We are always taught, okay, if uh, our education, your schooling with the therapist, my schooling, his schooling, like everything is just, who who created it? 
who told us to think this way? Yes, I understand there has to be some sort of, you know, uh, methodology and science and everything behind it, but it's still paid for by s agendas, by whoever yeah. is a uh, higher means. So the same thing with all these societies trying to get you to shift. Now they're trying to get us to think different, like we're retarded. Like, it, uh, yeah, yeah, you I, know. I just want to say this yeah. real quick. I want you to keep sure. But it's like when he knows, as he goes into that DSM-5, how, they, how they're going to change that. So just like the pedophilia, yeah. it's changing. So they don't want to, no longer want you to be labeled as some sick individual. They want to change it to a diagnosis. Right, and yeah. then it's going to change to a diagnosis. Then it's going to change in some. Then it's just going to be a relationship. Uh, and then I'm taking idea. my pedophilia then, medicine. They're, yeah. they're, they're starting it now, but you can't call. They're not wanting you to call them pedophilia. They want you to call it something different, so that it doesn't have it. Just like the recession word, we're not going to call it a recession. We'll call it something else, so we don't have to acknowledge there's a recession. It's all semantics. It is, and it's not very 1984. Like you guys read 1984. Yeah, you know, like everything was about semantics and how they. You know, yeah, have, have they called things like the double speak, and we're doing it now with the woke movement. And, yes. You know, and the woke movement has a lot of cognitive distortions. You know, there's, you know, they're always upset about everything, and, and everything's so personal. Oh, you're saying I'm fat. Because it started by you know, young like, people who haven't lived. And they're that are in college. You know, it's yeah. like they're, they're like, dude, why don't you ask the seventy? It's colleges that are doing that. Yeah. Why don't you ask yeah. a seventy-year-old instead of asking a twenty-year-old? About life. Right. Like, I hate the fact that we sit there and don't use our wisdom from history and years past and older people. And we're like, oh, this college professor at 22 told me. Like, shut the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> like, go sit your ass down. Like, <laughs> this, and, and also, it's also like lifetime academics that are, you know, haven't lived real life. And I hate that. academia. Academia yeah. is the yeah. most corrupted individuals on the planet. And um, it's interesting, like, as a, we were talking, we are going to kind of talk about this. Like, I recently... I'm sorry for all the people in academia. <laughs> but not as individuals, but as the whole institution is paid for by whatever. And same thing, I mean, that's what it gets off on, like... I mean, the fact how much, I mean, we, we, I don't really want to get into it, but how much education costs. Like, you look at other countries, it's, like, you know, there's not a private... There's not private education. Like, why is there? Why is we have so much payments on knowledge? If I want to grow, like, say I owned a country called, I don't know, Awesome. Okay, and so that's a great name. That's for That's a great country, you know. And and I wanted all my people to be great. Why am I taxing them? I mean, I have to be I have great. ninety thousand dollars in, in student debt. I got right. you beat, bro. I'm sure you do. You're a doctor. I got you beat, bro. <laughs> You're a doctor. <laughs> I got you beat. Yeah. And I'm never going to pay it back, probably. But guess what? Come and get me in my grave. You yeah, know, yeah, like, come and get me. Yeah, come and get me. Um, but You don't put me in jail and leave the heroin addict outside. <laughs> or, yeah, or leave the guy who committed the And in this $10,000 thing, yeah. give me a break. Yeah. We're going to give you $10,000. Oh, $90,000. Because they want stupid people it, it, to feel stupid. It's I have placating. all kinds of friends like, I pulled myself bootstrap. Who cares? I'm like, shut the hell up. You have no idea. $10,000 is like saying, hey, do you want me to round your change up from 73 cents to a dollar? Yeah. If yeah. that. That may be a bad example, too. But that yeah. is, I mean, it's like that much of a dent that you're putting in on some people's. Uh, average person probably has 50 grand. 60 probably. And then they're like, well, I didn't tell them to be a nurse. Well, they said there was a nurse shortage, so I ended up becoming a nurse. Well, I didn't tell them to be an engineer. Well, great. You want your bridges to fall. 
You know, it's like, what What do you want? Do you want stupid people running around society? They push this agenda. And academia. information is free. Yeah. And tech, jo- uh, you know, information no, is free. Information is free, but here's what's happening. Because of social media and the, the internet, people don't know how to really dig deeper outside of a surface area way of thinking. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, people don't want to dig deeper to better understand something. So that's why if you do do that, if you have, if, like, you and, and you being smart, and you ask certain questions, you ever get into those conversations with people and they get mad and they say, well, you believe what you believe and I just believe what I'm going to believe and I'll walk away from it. I mean, these people believe there's a flat earth. I mean, it's giving me a break. You know, people believe, get walking around here, earth's flat. Like, what are you, Christopher Columbus? Jeez, give me a break. You know what I mean? Right. But I have a friend, a very, very good friend of mine, and him and I talk about psychology all the time. This guy just got his GED. He knows more about psychology than me. He'll talk about stuff, but he sits and researches and, like, reads... Like peer-reviewed papers and, and, and knows all the techniques and he'll ask me sometimes and I'm like, well, let's talk about that because I think I need to know more about like like. Yes. But the problem is. But you're a practitioner and he's a, a I, researcher. There's a difference. I know. So, so practitioners but, are always like very like I have doctor friends like this that are super nerdy researchers mm-hmm. and they're just like wow according to that right I'm like well shut the hell up this worked in the practice anecdotally yeah it really worked and that's, <laughs> and that's, and, and, and that's what I'll like, do with yeah, him yeah. he'll come to me with a theoretical thing yeah. I'm like that's really great that you know about Gestalt right or whatever yeah. you know it's really great you know about that but does it get results yeah like when when I talk to people when I do therapy. I'm not thinking about well, this is a Gestaltian method that I'm going to use on this person to make them more empowered. No, I'm. I have. I've developed over 15 years how to talk to people, build a rapport, and how to find what cycle they are in, what wheel of change, and how to get. Because people only change themselves. You know that too. You can tell people to do the exercises yeah. and to come and do their appointments. And I'm probably the worst patient you've ever had. But you know, and do all this stuff. But if they don't do it themselves, it doesn't really matter. Like, how do you motivate? Like, how do you actually make a difference with people? Over and there's then there's theoretical stuff. But what I'm saying is, this guy has so much knowledge. He'll come to me. How do you apply that? Which I I got to give him a lot of props because he'll come to me. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, yeah he's he's like. There's a there's a huge difference between knowledge and wisdom. Oh yeah, totally. Right, and that's that's what's lacking is that we use all this head knowledge and we use very little wisdom common sense and things that are going on in this life Hence so just COVID. like just like we were just talking about with the, the whole electric car gas car let's get rid of the gas car so we can get these electric cars and everybody's pushing it because they want to save the the earth and they want to do all this stuff and then when they come in and say hey you can't drive from three to ten the yeah. batteries yeah. alone in electric cars oh, are such a resource that we yeah lithium it's not sustainable. is harmful but that's the problem yeah. but you see the point like you, yeah. Can't yeah. Get, you can't make that make sense to somebody you can't make it make sense that this stuff is just as harmful than, than, it is, than anything else, right? It's self-righteousness. It's, and, 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 and it's a me- methadone are, and alcohol. Right. right? Uh, take this methadone, get you off alcohol. Well, guess what? I'm addicted to methadone. Well, it's, well I mean, yeah. methadone's yeah. get off opiates. Oh, yeah. opiates. Yes. So, but I think they use yes. it for alcohol, too, but I don't know. They can use it for yes. alcohol. Yeah. But it's, and here's what's yeah. crazy. The same people that are talking about going electric got jets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this whole woke movement and, and, I, and, and that that self righteousness is about. It's usually rich people telling poor people what to telling do. poor people. To, but it's also <laughs> this: it's a self righteousness. Yeah. I need a cause, so I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna stand up for 
this and that. And it, it's 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 more of like a, it's almost legalistic. Almost like you know when Christians get real real legalistic. Throw away your TV and don't watch anything at all. And just sit I'm in your like house and read the Bible. And it's God's words only. Don't even look at books that refer to the Bible. Just you know, don't think about sex. Don't even say. Don't, don't even use yes. it with, you know words with the, start with S. You know like. And, you know, and it's funny because it's very Pharisaical, and it's because like, back in the day, like when it was the Sabbath, back in the in, in Bible times, you weren't allowed to touch a hammer. That was a rule, because that would look like work. You know what I mean? Like that's where we're getting. Like I wish they bring that rule. <laughs> I haven't touched a hammer in months. Okay, so I'm fine. But, but <laughs> touched that's, a hammer. That's spot on, though. I mean, it is. Yeah. It, this it, is a quote yeah. I want to read you that I, I've heard a long, and I loved it. But it says, until the lion learns how to write, every story will glorify the hunter. Mm. What does that mean? Well, I was, it's just kind of like when you were talking about academia almost. Too. It's like, yeah. As long as they get the, the pen. Oh, yeah, yeah. They get to tell the story. Okay, yeah. Like 1984. Huh? Yeah. Like 1984 yeah. in the book, that guy's job is to rewrite history. See? And so, yeah, and that's, that's the, what it is. And so, as long as, like, so we see the hunter catch the lion, everybody's going, like, man, he had to probably go. But until the, you know what I mean? The movie, yeah, the, the beast. lion was put the lion was asleep. You yeah. know what I mean? You didn't go out there with a stick and get him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but I'm just saying, at the end of the day, though, we, everybody else who gets to write the narrative in the story, it's just like every morning when you see the news, you can hear a, the story about the lady who was abducted in Tennessee, right? You watch it on Fox, you watch it on CNN, and you're going to get the same story, two different perspectives, two different angles. And it's just going to be who's going to push what, right? Or we're going to, if you get it from Fox, you might see this Democrat-ran city. Yeah. Did this. If you get it from CNN, you're going to get it. Uh, these Republicans didn't. Yeah, it was probably a pro-Trump from killer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't ever get the truth, but they have the pen. And because yeah. they do that, that's why they argue. So it's like when I argue with kid, young kids today about Michael Jordan and LeBron, yeah. You're arguing with two people, one person who's never seen. Yeah. I've seen Michael Jordan in person. In but I've seen, it, yeah, like I've seen him in the yeah. five too. But people who've never seen Jordan, only seen LeBron, are arguing that LeBron is so much better, but never seen. They've never had to watch a game. They never. And it's even. Go, highlights don't tell Jordan's story. It's right? the heart. You can't see the heart. Yeah, but you guess yeah. what I'm saying? But it doesn't tell his story. Yeah. You had to have watched these games and these moments to see. And you had to watch the journey to better understand it. But today, people would just argue it's stats, right? Yeah. But then when you pull out stats that LeBron can't beat, then it's like, um, well, he did it for 20 years and he's doing yeah. this. He's he still doing it. Then he, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? He didn't have nobody on his team. It's like the goalpost always gets moved, right? And it's the same thing we're seeing now. Just like with these, these, these teachers who are taking these kids to these strip clubs. Like I, did you see, like... Um, there was a little what kind boy. of news are you watching? No, this is no joke. Y'all didn't yeah. see this when they were yeah. doing it. It was a pride event, and they had a little boy. This lady was on oh. a stripper pole, and they set the little boy on her chest while she was doing her dances on a stripper pole, and the kid was maybe four years old. Why? Why does that represent pride? Why does that, why are you going to push that agenda to a kid? Right. You know what I mean? But if I took a kid four years old to a Trump rally, that's far more dangerous. Far more sickening than to take some kid to this situation right here. It's like, but if I get to write the story and tell you, yeah. this is how we educate now. This is what's yeah. so important for our children to learn. And anybody who's a, a pro-Trump or is a terrorist, it makes no logical sense. But because our society is built that way now, 
and it's pushing towards this. It's insane. I'm going to send you to a video that I want y'all to watch today. I wish I could have sent it last night so we could have it to talk about. But it's it's so insane what's coming down the pipeline. Well, I was just watching like this uh, news channel the other day. Sorry to cut you off. Uh, but it was just, it's the same tip. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm a, but it was the same thing you're talking about. It was uh, They were showing um, landmines in uh, where Crimea is in your Ukraine and stuff. Well, those landmines were put there by Ukraine. CNN was reporting that it was put there by Russia, yes. and hence making them look bad. And then all the other news channels were like, dude, this stuff's been there for a long time. It's been there. Uh, it's been recorded and this. Why are you continuing to putting out BS and fake news and uh, you know facts and yes. stuff like that? And you're painting Putin like, remember I said, Russia's going to go bankrupt? No. Dude knew exactly what he was doing. I hold your heat and air conditioning <laughs> for your rest of the Europe, and you all need to pay me right. properly. And you all need to get out of our territory. You're already, already threatening us with missiles and stuff like the United States always does with people. Well, they showed Ukraine you know? bombing themselves. Yeah. They showed them bombing themselves not too long ago. Probably the nuclear plant. The nu- yes. Yeah. And then yeah. they blame Russia. And blaming Russia. So all this false propaganda all the exactly. time. Exactly. And, and, you know, I know uh, 9-11's coming up tomorrow, and we promise. It's today. Not, or today, sorry. And not to mention it, rest in peace to all the people that, Absolutely. you know, were affected by it. But we know through factual evidence of things that... There was other things involved than just uh, some air people hijacking a plane and running into a building, or in Pentagon and wherever they, you know, the way. But that, the, those kind of things that really infuriate me is because all we strive to do is talk about truth and growth about humanity. But as soon as you start going against their version of the the news, even your best friends, your family, everyone Absolutely. turns against you because that monster right there on Chris's wall is bigger. And that's a TV, by the way. It's not a real monster. It is is bigger than all of us, right. and we're fighting this this uh, constant battle with our brains of what's right and what's wrong Absolutely. and how we should live and how we shouldn't live, and that's what's confusing everyone. So I'm totally about taking it back to the peers. Remember when you said to me that your chiropractic office should be blown up to the number one spot in there because of the way you treat people in the office and how you take care mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. I agree with you. But you know one thing I can't get on is do a woe is me on why it's not. Because as soon as I do that, the woe is me, I get out of my game. I get out of my... It stops me from doing other things. So that's why I'm just like, dude, I can't even think about this stuff because every time I entertain crap that's going on in our country, United States, and the world, and everywhere else, and all these people doing crazy shit... I have to start thinking like those, almost like those uh, hardcore religious people. It's like, put your blinders on. You're this way because you see all kinds of crap going on. But I don't get into the extreme right. to the left this, or right. This, I don't there, do but that. there's a Bible this story. Is why I said I had to yeah. ask you a question yeah. earlier. And I, I think it might go along with all this. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I'm not sure where you're going. But I, I got something to I was going to ask you about the Quran. Yeah. Does it speak of an end? Like an end to life? An end time. 
Uh, yeah, it has this uh, thing where the Messiah is supposed to come, and you know, and very similar to Revelation. Yeah. Yeah. You said that so funny. Right? Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why I thought that was funny. Either way. Yeah. yeah, it's got this so, thing. Yeah, it's got this the thing. Ends, but the, here's the, 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 the thing: I've always been more spiritual than just like literal. Like people are always just like uh, people waiting on signs all the time for things to come. Right. And you're not, and they're always doing this Bible prophecies and these prophecies and this and that. Like, who gives a crap? God said, live your life. Try to search for knowledge in the Quran. It says, search for knowledge and search for why. He said, try to dis- disprove me. God says that in the Quran. Try to disprove me. Mm-hmm. Go everywhere across the w- world and learn and try to disprove me. So you can have some peace in, in your heart and, and, and you know, and, and gain knowledge. And it's never been that, oh, the reason they do the praying five times you have some sort of structure uh, to keep the mind busy right i, I truly agree. believe that. I agree with that you have to have some sort of structure five times a day gives you a ritual keeps you clean because remember the uh all when europe was going through his uh what do you call a fight with the plague and stuff they were dirty filthy people in the arab world um the uh, islam cleaned up all that they were making them clean before you pray there was a they really were big bad. problem with leprosy that all these different things and that and those are the type of things that i'm talking about in history that if we just slow down and pay attention and think of this jesus came around and jews and stuff why do you think they were eating kosher and they didn't have things that were forbidden the whole like the whole first five books of the bible is about staying clean yeah and not staying leprosy. clean and staying clean. it's about it, it, and know? people forget about that here we're eating fucking Doritos and all this shit and saying, "Oh, this is food and feeding our children," and then going to mass. Let me. Uh, like this is this is we are we are disconnected in so many ways of being human, like you said. I think I agree. Being human, like. Let me. Uh, there's this story that I keep, and it's just a very common Bible. Gosh, story. I go everywhere. I'm just like. It's okay, man. Yeah, it's like um, racquetball court. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> or a pickleball or something. Yeah. Um, there's this there's a Bible story, you know, you've got it's Adam and Eve, you know, and they're in the, the everybody's heard the story, they're in the mm-hmm. Garden of Eden and Eve's like, Hey, talks to the snake and the snake's like, Yeah, why don't you eat this apple? And they eat the apple and then like things kinda go awry, right? So God's looking for Adam and Eve. He's like, Hey, where are you guys at? Like like God doesn't like, know. Like, you don't know where you're at. Where are you guys? You know? And God's like, Where are you guys at? And Adam's like, Hey, I'm here. <laughs> How you doing, God? And he's got clothes on. He's got yeah. fig leaf on or whatever, you know. And and, and he's like, he's like, God's like, why, why do you have that leaf on your junk? What's going on? Like, what are you doing, man? Why are you covered up? Because, well, I mean, we're, I'm naked. <laughs> and God says, who, who told you that? That's what he says. Yeah. Who, t- who told you you were naked? And I think that's that works on so many levels. Who's telling us that the world's going to hell? And who's telling us Ukraine? Who's telling me that I suck? You know, who's telling me that I should feel guilty? Who's telling, you know, also that his business could be better and making you feel bad? You know, who's, you know, making Marshall feel bad for whatever reason it is? You know what I mean? Like, who's telling us? And I mean, we can say, you know, the devil or whatever, or the society. Like, we need to look at what we believe in and, and, and not believe lies. Like, that, that, that's what it comes to is, is that we've got to, like, what's the source and if it's not a source of love and of hope, and of and of you know of, of of you know investing in other people and investing in ourselves, like we're listening to lies. Like how many choices have we made in our lives? I know I have. That like when I drank, 
It's a lie. I, I'm guilty. I, I'm awful. I'm a bad person. Blah, 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 blah. Well, let's just drink and this will make me feel better. That was a lie, right? Like, I'm a real black and white thinker. People are either good or, good or bad. Things are either good or bad. There's no gray area in life. You know, but that's a lie, right? Or everything sucks. You know, oh, gosh, it's, like, it's, you know, it's, it's, you have to look at what you believe, like, really examine, like, what am I basing this feeling on? A lot of things, another, what they call cognitive distortions is, is that, um, I, I feel bad, I am bad. Just because you feel bad doesn't mean you're bad. But so many people live there, you know? Like, I, I have a lot of pain in my life. Like, physical pain every day. Straight up, there's nothing I can do about it. I, ex- I have to accept it. But it doesn't mean that life's going to end or I'm bad. I have to talk myself out of it. Like, just because you feel bad doesn't mean you're going to die, Chris. Like, I talked about, I'm sorry I'm going to go on a tangent here, but I talked about earlier about this new job in nursing homes. I go to these nursing homes and I see these people and a lot of them like have their legs cut off. A lot of them have dementia. A lot of have schizophrenia. A lot of them are stuck in this, this home and they can't go anywhere. And man, I'm telling you, it, for the first few days, I lost my mind. I was like, well, that's how it ends for everybody. I guess I'm just gonna, you know, like, like it just looks like a dire way to, you know what I thought? I started thinking another way. I was like, okay, how do I not end up there? Don't eat too much sugar exercise you know i know I'm a, I'm a chronic vapor but don't smoke you know but all these things i was like it's you know and and, and also you know the biggest the people who have hope in that these people, are people who can't leave a place their family has left them there they have no one and the people that are the happiest always believe in god the people that are happiest they're like oh gosh i read my bible every day and i go outside and i and i, and I talk to god and like that's where they end up is holding on to him now people who don't believe in god and the people that that don't they, you know don't have anything to grab onto they're miserable so it's it just so it brought me to a place where i was like i, I had to listen to who was talking to. i had to listen to who i was listening to you know because i went for real existential oh my gosh it's just the darkness and i got real nietzsche you know on it and then I, then i had to come out of it and be like okay this is a lesson to me um how can i give these people hope that's my, that's yeah. my, this is where I, this is what I'm saying. This is where yeah. I, I, I think in this aspect, and I understand what both of you are saying because it, it's it's still real. I just look at it from a kind of a different perspective and the idea of this. It's you know, I as much as I know there's love, I also have to be reminded there's hate. As much as I know that there's life, I always have to be reminded there's death. You know what I mean? And so it's a balance. Yeah. Re- yes, and the reason why I was saying what I was saying, I asked also that question is because it, at the end of the day, you. We have to come. The reason why this is so difficult now, and way and why we're going through this woke stuff and all these crazy things that are going on, is because there is an agenda. And if that, and if we're going to talk about spirituality, whether there's a mm-hmm. good and bad in all, there's a good and evil in all of it. And if there is a good and evil, then you have to be prepared for what evil is taking place as well. And there is an evil setting itself up around us every single day. There's an evil around why your your practice isn't where it's at. That's a fact. There's no there's, you can sit. We can sit here and call it whatever we want. And I know at the end of the day, I know you can't live in that space, but you know what it is. That's what you have to be mindful of, and that's what your fight is against. I know what I'm fighting against in this place, and being real about it, and then understanding it, just like you're talking about. You got pain. You've got physical pain. You see death. You see people knocking on death's door every single day in these nursing homes. You see all these different things. You know that it is there and it exists. You cannot be oblivious to this part of life, because if you do, then you're gonna you're not gonna be prepared for so many other things. 
And that's what gets people in a whole lot of trouble. Don't deny evil. You can't deny that it exists. Threat. And so, like, when you look at what's going on in our government right now, there's an evil that is taking place, and it has been taking place for years, because it's been setting up this stage for financial gain for some and not others. It's setting up control for some and not everyone else. It's, it's doing these things intentionally. And that's what evil does when, when, when it, I mean, no matter if you believe in the Bible or not, when it says for the root of evil, for the love of money is the root of all evil, that's a real thing. You, we, no matter who it is, when, you, when your whole life purpose is about getting rich, that means you're going, somebody else ain't. And that means you're going to have to do some things and compromises in places that are going to be different for everybody else. And so all I'm saying is for me personally, when I look at it this way, that's why when I see like the book of Revelations, there's an end and it's a disastrous end. And all I do is pay attention to the signs and things that I see that are taking place around us. Just like if I, my faith was in the, the Quran, it'd be the same thing. I'm going to look at these things that are, that are coming around and start looking at it like, okay, how do I prepare for this? How do I do these things? And just like we talked about earlier, you took, when we talk about marriages and relationships, now all these people being selfish, well, let them start taking stuff away from people mm -hmm. and putting you in a position where you got to be dependent on something different. You're going to want that husband who can get out there and hunt and, and take care of things. You're going to want that husband who knows how to fix things and all these things. That person that you didn't want to be around because you wanted to have sex and do all these other things. Well, when you start losing freedoms, you're going to start looking at the things you wish you wouldn't have took for granted. Let them take away our, our you know. Our There's some basic things as a human being. You know that we are part of. We're three males, and what's expected bet of, of, um, of male? What's that? I said you better bet I'm a male. You better really have a oh, man. Yeah, I yeah, there's a, there's a, but there's a, there's a thing. Expectations. What a female, and just in general, just in general, uh, speaking just from evolution standpoint, uh, uh, a mother is nurturing and caring and takes their children and it doesn't mean that she can't do all and same thing as a, a male it doesn't mean that he can't do all and take that role either but what I'm saying is like there are some basic concepts and like Chris said it like all these people at the nursing home what do you have at the very end you die alone and if you don't even have that faith in God that's a miserable miserable, miserable place to be um, and I have friends that are atheists, and I'm and I'm just like, how are they able to cope with like when you die, you just you just that's it, like I, and you want me to believe that I came from a mix of amino acids that were s bubbling in a soup right. called Earth at one time and struck by lightning, and we ended up with evolution with man. I I had to think about this question a trillion times. Big bangs and all this crap like that, and all uh, you know, it's like, what's it all mean? And I come to the point is like, my what makes me feel good is knowing that there's something else further and beyond. And and and, and God, if there isn't, so be it. But at least I die believing in something. Well, let's look at it like this, Austin. Real talk. When when we go to a funeral, yeah, um, right. I know in in the, the black community. That's when we start making plans with family reunions and all sorts of stuff. The, my, my point is this. When death is present, you start to value life more. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. That's the moment when you say, all right, guys, we can't keep meeting like this. Yeah. We got to start seeing each other more. We got to start doing this stuff. We gotta, this is when, when divorce is present, you start to value love more. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. When hate, because hate is in that. 
Hate is showing you these things. And so my point is, just like what you're talking about, this is why I am so big on learning about revelations and learning about the end times and how difficult it's going to be because it's going to help me appreciate every moment that I have leading up to it because when that time comes, it'll be evil ruling and running rampant, which we're seeing that. That's what this drug thing did. That's what this, all this stuff is happening right now is a major push to keep us divided, broken, and, and messed up. So as divided and as broken as we're becoming, it just makes me look at, man, I want to change that, and that's the exact reason why we're doing this. That's the exact reason why we're doing this, having a conversation where we don't have to fight. We don't have to argue. We don't have to hate each other. Like it's, it's, it, may be, it may not be the biggest platform in the world. It's a small step, though, for something that we wanted to see, some form of change and an ability to get this out. Student, soon as we stop fearing our consequences... We will literally become animals. Look what but, but we can use our consequences. Think about what pain, like pain, like I'm learning to, to have, a, I have to have a relationship with my pain, whether physical pain, emotional pain. Pain cures, cures pain in a way, you know, and because pain is an opportunity, pain teaches you things, you know. Divorce taught me something, you know. Yeah. Like my, my mother dying taught me something. Taught. Me losing my job. Taught me something. And in, like you said, the physical illness, it teaches you what it was like when you didn't have it. Oh, I appreciate it. appreciate it every moment. Yeah, and also, you know, you know what? If I wouldn't have gotten in my car wreck and had all my shoulder problems and had all this thing, I'm not sure I would work out as hard as I do. Because when I go work out, I feel like a million dollars for like two hours. The reward is like, I'm another person. But that pain taught me, keep going, dude. I have all these people that I meet, whether it be in the nursing home or like, People I meet, I'm sure you do too. What do they do? Also, they stop moving. Yes. You stop moving, and whether it be mentally or physically, we can yes. go both ways. Absolutely. You stop moving, and you stop learning. You're in trouble. You stop living. Yeah. If you're if you're not if you close yourself, uh, uh, like off to movement or be, be of learning. I know some people are like, well, I know everything and I'm done. If you think you know everything, and you think you're done learning, you're in trouble. Yeah, in life. big time. Well, think about what cancer patients, right? What happens to them? They lose their energy, their ability to get up and move after radiation. And so over time, they lose their fight. Yeah, fighting is keeping going. It's sad, you yeah. know, but it happens because they're so physically weak, right, to do things. But the opposite to that is getting people moving and doing something, trying to get create some form of spark, energy to live, right? But that's all I'm saying is that for me... I, I look at the end things and the, the, the bad things that are going to happen to appreciate. I get what you're saying. And, and I have to do that for myself because, one, I don't want to be blindsided to anything. And I don't want to pretend if things are going to technically supposed to get better because we live in a world that's not. And you, we're seeing that. George Floyd showed us all something differently in, in a lot of ways. We, we knew there was hate crimes. We knew stuff like this happened. But that's the first time the world responded to this situation. To a, a, a police brutality situation in America. Nobody's ever, the world has never cared like that, like it did, right? And so what it's showing us is that there's something changing, something's happening, that the world is actually in tune with something because something is going to take place. Because and, and that, the, the, good, the good thing is the web, and the bad thing is the web. Yes. It's that, that, that whole back and forth that we're going about, good versus evil. And that, that's amazing, you know, that George Floyd thing. Um, it did expose a lot of things, uh, and you know, and then evil. yeah, and but then at the but same, but it was an agenda. Yeah, it, it was, was an evil agenda that had to take place, yeah. and the world 
responded to it, but they didn't respond and it didn't change anything. It just made it clear that it's happening. Bro, this, this stuff is happening still every day. There are more people right now being shot and killed by police officers. Was it Nashville ever. something happened? That was one, a, one guy shot, but like, now police are being ambushed and killed. And this goes back to when you start talking about defunding the police mm -hmm. and people are losing their fear of cops, right? Now they're going to kill them. Yeah. But cops who have abused their power for so long are putting people in a position to no longer yeah. trust them. So we have, but, but this is how, since George Floyd, there's been, the, did you guys see the one about the man that was in the back of the paddy wagon basically that they brought out and they didn't strap him into a seatbelt and they slammed the brakes, he breaks his neck and they're dragging him all through the police department and, and the guy didn't do, he was drunk. They had no reason to mess with him, and then they did. They finally had a gun on him, but he, they put him in the back. He breaks his neck, and now he's paralyzed for the rest of his life because they didn't want to strap him in because he was back there kicking. So they teach him a lesson. They don't strap you in for a reason because they teach you a lesson, right? There's, there, there's been so many stories right now of black people going to banks, getting arrested, getting police called on because they don't know how to There's 400 checks. years of stories, yeah. and I'm sorry that it has to. we have to keep on – Reliving this like it's exhausting It's exhausting and just imagine how black people feel okay someone told me one time one of my friends He he said awesome isn't it exhausting about this terrorism and then they always bring up Muslim people and then this and that and he's like it's, I know it's exhausting and I'm sorry and I was like yes I know and then I want to say the same exact thing you as a black person it's damn exhausting it's exhausting and, uh, and and just tired of the same old crap. So that's what when I hear it now, it's just just like it's almost like numbing and and dumb. Why we still have it? That's why I said what I said the couple podcasts ago about January sixth. So be it. And I'm sorry, uh, FBI, CIA, what whoever you are, like that's just the way people feel. So be it. It happened because it happened. And I want to say something real quick. Because they, 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 they had a hearing with the FBI and yeah. the CIA, right? Yeah. And they asked the question, were there undercover agents at January 6th? And do you know they couldn't comment? They, they said, no, they said, yeah. they said yeah. we're not allowed to comment on an investigation, an ongoing investigation. And so as an American people, this is what I get so mad at. Instead of trying to be pro, I uh, hate Trump or pro-Trump, whatever you're trying to be, why can't you, can we as an American people look back and say, hold up, wait a minute. You mean to tell me there's a possibility? You didn't say no to undercover FBI agents out there January 6th. You didn't say no to that. You just said, I can't discuss I can't. Why know. could you not say no? So that's a yes. Right. You know? So, so as an American people, we should be standing back and saying, hey, we will never do another election or vote until that changes and you get this garbage out of here as a people because how can we move forward knowing that you might have had our top line of security in this thing that could have created it and we don't know why yeah right we don't know why so whether you want to this like it's listen it's the same thing i think about when they raided trump's house if you find something bust yes it, right? exactly i've been wondering you brought well, that I'm saying, yeah. if you find it busted but you can't say that you can't take a hillary clinton thing and anybody else and separate it yeah that's what i'm sick of 
I don't care if, yeah. you, if he did it and you got it. Fine. Great. If you, if you did, he it, should it, be arrested by now if he did something. If he did, but don't be like, oh, he took some documents and they were classified. Well, ninety nine percent of everything's classified, yeah. and who cares? He did something. Okay, if he did something illegal, arrest him, taking him to jail, let's be the end of it. But, but don't make this a charade of politics. Rich people don't go to jail, guys. Yeah. Huh? Rich people don't go to jail. But, but, but I'm saying, doesn't matter. If the, he broke the law, like know, they took Bernie Matt off to jail, and they oh took all God, these... Yeah, he, but Nancy yeah. Pelosi's husband yeah. does what he does, and he gets nothing. He gets slapped on the wrist. Yeah, he's and rich. he's not even getting busted for all this inside of trading rich. and stuff that's happening. They're rich. Yeah, and, you're right, and that's what I'm saying. That's the part that... But that's the right Simpson does killed the his same wife. thing. The Probably. right does the same thing. If uh, Hunter Biden's uh, laptop is so jacked up and it's got all this evidence, then take his ass to jail. Then take... He's this rich. Is, but, like, we just want the same rules. You know? He's a rich guy. Yeah, yeah. another rich guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the point, though. That's what I'm saying, though. We, when we come back to accountability and all this other stuff, it's, it's, it's a done deal. And that's what I'm saying. As an American people, I just don't it's understand why we got so ignorant to believe that we have to be so arrogant and be so right, and instead of just looking at this thing, nobody's winning. It's the same thing I told you about the drug game, right? Yeah. We pathways, we, we see 16,000, oh shoot, should have said that, edit that out. Um, there's different agencies that see different people, um, and as they see different people, they, uh, we there we go. Um, there's agencies that see different people who are, um, in the drug game, right? And we see so many, and we all see so many different clients. And so we all put out these numbers, oh, 85% success right here, this success right here, this success right here. And we say all these different things, but the truth of the matter is nobody's winning. People are still dying. There's not one thing that has come out that has helped every individual. People are still finding themselves in positions where they are not doing well. And, and, and that, that to me is just one of those things. We can sit here all day long and brag about your your numbers, but the truth of the matter is, it's not. It's it's yeah. like throwing a, a rock in the ocean. It's just not going to affect anything. We're not getting the job done because we've not taken it on correctly. Yeah, I think you guys. Here's what I love about you guys is that I am not a, a macro person. I'm not. A, I'm not like when it comes to like world happenings. Like I don't watch the news. I don't even. I don't even typical white guy. Uh, yeah. I am concerned with <laughs> very <laughs> micro myself. <laughs> did I clip my fingernails? Did I brush my teeth? My let let, let yeah. your toothbrush? Did I, you know? But I'm, I, that's just how I am. I'm very yeah. like in my head, um, and so um, I go micro on this. And so I think to myself, okay, there's a lot. There is evil in the world. I'm not saying there's not, and right. I I agree, and I see it on, on a, a level every day. And I think to myself. How do I operationalize myself to like what do I do in the face of evil? You know, what do I do in the face of evil? Like, yes, there are these there's listen, you've made me more aware of systematic racism than I've ever I've, like I, I didn't have the perspective. I'm this privileged white guy walking around. No one's looking at me weird. Right. You know, old ladies greet me. Well, you know, one sunny. They look at you like you're gonna t- take their purse. You know, like I I don't it really enlightened me, you know. Then I have to think, okay, as this guy, how do I, how do I, on an individual level, you know, be, you know, in the face of evil, what do I do? What can I do? I think as a lot of people are, they're like, what can I do? Like, yeah, Hunter Biden's laptop, the emails, Trump, there's nothing we can do about, I mean, those people are rich, they're not going to go, you know, it's not, and 
what can I do? And like one of the things I really kind of do on a personal level is like I kind of have this, and this is I talk about this in the other podcast a lot is love or no love. Like I have a choice every day. I can love people or I can not love people. If someone's an asshole to me, I'm not. I can't be an asshole to them back because if I am, I'm just perpetuating the hate. You know, like how do I? And it, it's it's not and me loving people is not always nice. Like I I work with like I have a lot of. Uh, clients and I have a lot of I, I I'm around addicts a lot because I'm in the you know the the program and everything, and sometimes you got to tell people rough stuff, you know, and that's not, that's love too, you know. Now you're just you know your own your your own worst enemy here, you know. You, you it's accountability is sometimes love, you know. Like if it's I have this I had this couple I was working with and the guy keeps cheating on her, like online and stuff, right? And I got really frustrated because I was like she's just accepting it. So I had to tell them, I was like, listen, if, and, I, and this is in front of both of them. If you don't hold him accountable for cheating on you, then this relationship's not going to last. You might as well just end it now. And I ended the session early, and I, I thought, well, I'm done. They're done with me. They're not going to talk to me anymore because <laughs> I just went off. Yeah. I, t- I sent a message to them, and they said, hey, yeah, we'll be there next week. And I was like, I just went off on them. And I think sometimes, like, I mean, someone I, needs the truth. Yeah. So, and, and I think the truth is what it really matters. I think we're talking about that in general. Like, who are you listening to? Mm-hmm. Are you being truthful with others? Is the truth hard sometimes? Like, yes. But, and um, I don't know. I think what I'm really talking about is just like, how can I do stuff on an individual level? Like, what does love look like to me? How do I love other people? You know, like, if I'm telling you guys that I'm drinking again, love is not letting me, oh, Chris, you'll be fine. You guys need to say, love, love for you guys would be, Hey, dude, what's going on with you? Like, right, you're yeah. going to kill yourself, you know? Right. Not tell me what I want to hear. Right. And so it's, and also, like, if someone is, uh, I've had some people who were jerks to me this week, you know? And I, I just kind of, usually I'd be like, go, I would go off on them and then it'd be an argument. But I just, you know, don't say anything. Then I wait till I'm not in a jerk mood and I'm going to talk to them later and say, you know, I felt this way when you did this. And, like, actually communicate. You know, doing the hard things sometimes. I don't know. I'm just kind of going off no, about it. I think it, you, you, you make a great point. The problem that, I, the, the, it's not that there's a problem, with, like, but I know for myself, I don't have that luxury. Right. Right. I don't get the luxury to be able to come in there and tell somebody how I really feel about what's going on with me without being considered either the angry black dude. Especially at work. Yes. Yeah. You're either That's what you're talking about. Dude, or you don't get the luxury to speak your truth because... There's always somebody else wanting to tell you what it really is. You know, I remember talking at work one time about the first time I came down in this area and somebody tried to hit me in the car and called me the N-word, said all these crazy things to me, tried to kill us, me and a group of us, and kept threatening, kept trying to hit us in cars. We just walked in and get something to eat. You know, I was telling that story, and then people sitting there trying to just, well, I don't think it was because you're black. Well, what, what was the N-word for? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, are you kidding me? Yes, it was because I was black. Or were they white people? Yeah, yeah. It was a well, white people, white people don't know. And I was trying to, it's like, it's like those things. That, I mean, I'm a white person. No, I wouldn't know. But that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Like, don't discredit what I'm feeling. Don't tell me that it's wrong. Don't tell me that I'm not experiencing these things. But, so I, I don't always have that luxury to be able to just express myself yeah. a certain way because it never comes out the same way. Even when, it, even if you take the time to say it, yeah. it's always something different. But, um, I understand, you yeah. know, and I, and I don't, I, you know. I you have to take, even, I mean, sometimes I think about that, like, from you, you'd have to take a different angle on things, you know, like. You always have to. You're all, yeah. I'm playing chess where everybody else is playing checkers. Yeah. Right? I always have to because you have to always move around 
you can't change what people see when they look at you. Let me ask this question. Like you could take, like I'm just I'm just shooting you know yeah, team here. Like if you come at it's the it's because I'm black angle, that doesn't seem like that works that well. No. Especially when you're in a sea of white people, right? Because we're all we'll always be. I'm gonna say we, but a lot of white people. Like we'll just pull your stuff, you know. You just you know pull your stuff yourself by your bootstraps and yeah. work harder and blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think with some straps. But, but yeah. so so I think like what you know what can on an individual level like what angle can you take to where like I, I've been in a place where I, let's say I was amongst older people like uh, when I was a pastor I was with older people and every time I would, and I was like twenty five and every time I would say something it's because I was young. It was just yeah, stupid. Yeah, yeah. He's just young. He's wearing cargo shorts. You can't listen to him. Yeah. You know, like, like you can't listen to the camo, you know, the cargo short kid. He doesn't know all his ideas. Are, cause, and, and that's a, like, how do you win when people just discredit you, whether, whether it be age or race or, like. So that's one of those reasons, those feelings that you all have felt um, is why I went solo with everything I do. Like, yeah, I mean, against the man, yeah. Yeah, it's against the man. I'm going to be a small business owner. I'm going to do this. And so, like, uh, also, like, uh, with my last job with, uh, like... An organization. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just felt that way. I was like, okay, you think you can uh, find another awesome? Then go ahead and find another awesome, you know. Uh, because I know what I'm worth, and I know where, where I'm going. And I'm like, that's fine. Uh, this is business, and this is this is the way things. I don't think my career is moving any more forward, and I don't think this is working for my family. Um, and my family's growing, and the children are growing. So find another awesome, and I'm okay with it. You know, um, same thing in like practice. You know, I I recently uh, shut down my office hours to three days a week, and and the and I've never been more busier because I taken away choices mm -hmm. for people and I've taken and I've given up that oh I can call Asif at uh, 7 o'clock in the morning on Sunday and be like yeah I can see you today at 3 and you know I'm not working on anyone's that, timeline that was me. anymore that was me I'm not working no no, no <laughs> I did I'm that just, all the time I'm just using it you never did that. I, I have. Yeah, I, I did. I, did, but I don't care people. No, but I understand what you're but saying. But you know what I mean. I took away the choices. Boundaries is what you did. Boundaries. I finally did mm -hmm. boundaries in my life. I finally did it, and I'm seeing big change happen. And that's just like with the food truck. I was debating, man, what are people going to think? People think I'm a failure. I'm failing in practice or something like that, and I'm not. Like wow, I'm you thought thriving. that? That's crazy. Like, yeah. and I, and in my head, I'm like, I'm failing. I'm failing. Because I started up a food truck with my wife and stuff. Well, now we need we need time to get that operational and going. It takes time to cook. She's cooking like every day, seven days a week. We have to go logistically get stuff from other towns and bring it back because our town doesn't have everything or our area. Think about how much time yeah. we waste in our lives thinking about yeah. what other people think. Yes. Think about that. And instead of just doing it, and you know, I was just like, you know but, what? But I'm, I got to say something yeah, that. yeah. This is where this gets so hard, Chris. And this is where we want, we need change, is that we don't get the luxury to just turn that off, what other people think, right? Right. Because of we know we come with so many other things. He knows he's the only game in town that's, that's selling the food that he sells, right? 
one person is just waiting to get sick or say something to change his whole thing. You know. Are you trying to make him paranoid or something? What are you doing? <laughs> he's just he's just being a realist. Yeah, like, it doesn't it doesn't that, take yeah. like so. You when, leave, uh, you're right. Your job. Yeah, you're right. Take, yeah, you, yeah, you left your job, and yeah, you, you, whatever happened. Yeah, but <laughs> and somehow you're still able to somewhat come out on top, land on your feet. You know, you're not doing the same work, but people still don't change your value. If I left what I've been doing now for the last eleven years. And go do something else. Nobody's going to pay me off that value right. that I've had. I have to recreate value for myself, and I have to put myself in a position for somebody to look at me and say, "Why do I want him?" As opposed to you already come with the credentials. You already come with the the, the hey, this dude's done this. I have to prove I can do that. Right. And he, there's, there's tons of food trucks out here now, but he has to prove to why his food truck should be able that people should want to come and be a part right. of him because. We we can deal with Hillbilly Hibachi will win everything. You know, because it's right. white people making Chinese food, right? But for somebody Chinese to go out and do it, it might take more work because people don't associate them with the same types of things. And, and so, we had some challenges with our food truck. Okay, like not I mean just just getting open or even getting into events. Some people have been like super awesome. Like I, and, and it's, I tell you, the more country they are, the more awesome they've been. Really? The more liberal they are, the worse they've been to us. Hmm. To, I mean, I, I'm just saying. Like, and just concerned, think about how you felt, though. I felt, I felt like crap. And one of these organizations, I'm not going to say because they finally started letting us in. It was due to pressure from other nurses and other people asking, like, why aren't you all allowing them in? Right. In your facilities or something. And you know what that lady had told me, which really bothered me, it's just like, Oh, are you all cert like certified? And it was through the, the these departments, these agencies, I was like, Yes, you can go online and see we're registered, we've been inspected, we've been done this and that but I never knew the amount of backlash. I got so pissed because the lady wouldn't let us in these big major facilities. She didn't grow up here, she grew up in a different town. I grew, the, asked, I grew the hell up here. But you nobody know? asked no. Hibachi, what are your credentials? Yeah, yeah. No one asked, no one of your credentials. You just so yeah. But they want to see all the papers and all the this and this and 100%. that. When yeah, yeah. And that is no. that's that's the part that I want to, to answer your question, Chris. In that aspect, that's why this is so difficult. And th- th- these are th- these are the small like they're, they're they're not really small to us, but these are the things, the loopholes that we have to jump through that you can't express to people because nobody wants to believe that. I'm not racist or I wouldn't think this way. But you don't understand what it's like every single day. Like, I've been a pillar in this community and I was a, I was a youth pastor in this community and I've done nothing but try to help people my entire time being here. You know, and I served. I, went, I, went, I was in homes. I was in hospitals. I did everything I was supposed to do as a pastor. Now, I didn't change. I, didn't, I had sin. I struggled. I had failures too. So I'm not, don't, don't hear that. I had all that that came with it. But it's all those things. And the moment I got divorced, it was everything that anybody could have possibly said about me or heard about me had to be true. Right. Had to be true. You had to be. So for me to ever have that opportunity again, slim to none, I would never do it again. But never would get the opportunity again because the stuff that came with my name, I mean, I still get questioned today and things that people have said. And I was like, my gosh, man, what was I to you, though? 
Like, despite what everybody else is out here trying to say that I am, what was I to you when I met you in your darkest hours and I came to so many people who were suicidal, depressed, all these different things, and helped you find your way and gave you, helped you find life again and fought your giants while you stood there with your weapons afraid and I helped you. But the moment somebody said I was down, I never, do you know I had never had one person come pray with me that I worked with? I had to be pastors of friends of mine that had nothing to do with this that would meet me and pray. But then the people who actually said they're praying for me, I, I can tell them, listen, I got I got $2 to my name, and I don't know how I'm going to feed my kids. I don't know to, man, I'm praying for you, buddy. I'm going to pray for you, man. I love you. I'm going to pray for you. Well, I, I know we got everything we need, but I'm going to pray for you, buddy, and I, I hope God sees you through. And you just sit back, you're like, man, that's crazy. But when you didn't have a dime in your name, I gave you everything that I had, and you didn't do nothing. And it's that, that's the stuff. It's like, it doesn't matter how hard you work, whatever you do, the moment you, they, they, because of this, you no longer have credibility. Mm -hmm. Somebody has to get me in for people to start saying, hey, this is who we like now. I have to talk a certain way for you to say, oh, this is whatever. This, this is a good one. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. And see, that's where I have gained the knowledge of where the I don't have that stigma, you know. I don't have that, you know. So I, that's where I've gotten a game from you guys is that there's this. You got to royally screw something up. You got to yeah. have like tax fraud. Yeah. You know what I mean? You had to mess somebody's very, money up. It's a very white thing to do. Yeah. Is tax fraud. It's the truth though. You really got to yeah. mess somebody's yeah. Yeah. money up for yeah. people to really be afraid yeah. of you. Oh yeah, and that's well, I won't go into that. But I think there's also like and listen, don't just. I think there is a point like. I, there's a point where, and this with 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 race and 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 all that stuff, it's kind of it's, it's a little different. But like I've had some things happen lately since my divorce that people would like. Uh, I would try to get some therapy, and I think they wouldn't serve me because of my divorce. And like it was very interesting. It's frowned upon. Why did you get a yeah, divorce? Yeah, I don't know, but whatever. I'm not going to go into that. Yeah, I, it's but, a relationship. But um, I think like if as a general theme, and I, I just hope this doesn't come off the wrong way, but how do we People are going to think what they're going to think. Right. You know, how do we not let that control what we do? Exactly. That, that was my main point. It's like, I can't control Ashland, Kentucky, United States, the world, whatever. I can't control none of it. Only thing I can control, and me and my wife had a conversation, is put your head down, keep working, and have faith in God. You, Asif, Whenever things get rough, you have a, a day or two where you're just like, you go into this me against the world and woe is me. But soon, but I'm luckily enough, I have people around me and my, and I'm smart enough and I've read enough to say, get your ass up and put your head down and keep working. I can't control the fairness. If things were fair, and, and you know, just to be fair, everybody's got some degree of crap that they've gone through in life, whether they're poor or rich or white or black or in between or male or female somebody's always got a challenge that they went through but it's how quick we are able to fight through our shittiness and at the end of the day like have some sort of faith that like if you believe in the energy and the universe and have like you, there's no way that you will not vibrate up if you continue to just do up no matter anyone is shitting on you all the time, this and that, society is whatever. If you continue to vibrate that way, since we're all energy, 
you will freak your your you will get to where you need to. This the road may look like this, but it will happen. But the moment you start uh, changing that frequency and energy inside your body, because when we come back down to it, we're all elements and all made of water. You will definitely spiral downwards. So I I as much as it hurts me and pains me that oh street trauma or resort chiropractor or whatever like that went through stuff. The outcome is, man, I, I'm battled and bruised, and I'm tougher. If you feel like I'm a badass, I don't think yeah. people understand this though. This is this is something else. You know, slavery was the worst thing you could ever think of. Yeah. But they still did their work. Yeah. They still went out and worked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, do you understand? Like, based on statistics, black people should be have the highest suicide rate in the world, and they don't. Mm-hmm. Right, because the one thing we do, the one thing that people throw out when we when we when we start screaming about our plight, is we it's expected. And you're resilient. And you we can know. Go. We, listen, yeah. we gotta go through it no matter what. There's no. Uh, we're not gonna kill ourselves. We don't. We're not built to kill ourselves, even though people do. I'm just saying we're not designed to kill ourselves. The, the more blacks that have been more suicidal, but more that have been medicated instead of those who just continue to endure the suffering that is normal. You know right? what? Where so is? That, that's what I'm saying is we we adapt. Adjust and just keep it going. I don't expect somebody to ever give me a CEO position. But I do expect I got to go to work every single day. See, we live in this difficult dichotomy too. Like when you look at, so it's like, I know how hard it is and what I face and how difficult it is. But then there's another group of black people that are beneath, that are lower than this, that are not lower than me as a human, but they think like, Education. Um, they got such a victim mentality that it's like, you, you owe me this. I'm in that space where I'm going to earn this. I'm going to work for it no matter what I got to face. I'm not I'm not asking for a handout, but I am asking for you. Can you just please get you, your knee off my neck so I can try to go a little bit further into this? I'm just a part of this agency and this team as you are. But you won't let me get there because you're afraid of me still. Just trust that I've been here long enough to be able to be a part. Trust that he's been in this community long enough. That he wants to see Ashton do well, and he wants to be a part of. Trust that. Don't keep beating someone up who's here, who's trying. We're going to endure it because we just expect it. You know what I mean? If I get pulled over, I expect it not to just be a ticket. Right. I expect it. I expect the conversation. But I ain't going to stop driving. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And then that's the thing. is like being resilient is the point. Like Regardless of what other people think of us. Regardless of what the circumstances are, like I have never felt more alive. 2022 has been probably the worst year of my life, like hands down, like hands down the worst year of my life. But the the time I've been able to be resilient and like keep on going, regardless of the circumstances, I've never felt more alive. I've learned more things about myself. I feel I, I tell a lot of my people, like a lot of people I talk to, I'm like I feel like a badass man. Like you know, I've lost forty pounds. I've, you know, I got a new house. I've got, I mean, I got a new job. Like I've started over, but I had to get to some like mental like games with myself and, and like physical and all this stuff. And like, I just felt, I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying like the only thing that got me through was resilience. I I, I think, I think 80% of your life, if you want to create good health is all up here in between the ears. Totally. Like if you can just clean that up and calm down that brain you will get your health you will get your relationships you will get all kinds of things cleared up um you know like you were saying 
like back in the slavery days, the biggest mistake that slave owners made, and they, they think about this, they were so calculating in so many ways. They took away people's languages, they took away their religions, and then they gave them a new religion. The biggest mistake they did was give them faith, right? So if you have faith, you automatically now have a tool to survive Facts. through those things. Facts. So if, if, if they look back on history and they're like, how come all these black people aren't dead yet? And how come they're not dead? You gave them faith and now I would say pound for pound, the, the, the black people and their faith, in, like if, if it's Christianity, it's, it's at a higher frequency than some of these other so-called white churches. It's funny you say that. You know, and, 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 and probably a, a better, uh, uh, you know, record of like, if we're going, oh, who's tit for tat, Christian for Christian. In, even, even in the Muslim world, I would say that, right? So if you're a, a Muslim black person and, a, and let's, let's go air, air for Muslim or whatever, yeah, the yeah, Muslim yeah. for Muslim. And, you know, it's just like, and um, <laughs> so you could see that. And, and it's, but I was just thinking about that when I was like, damn, if they wanted to kill everybody, all they had to do was just say, uh, take away their language, religion, their culture. And, but they wanted to bring them that white Jesus, right? That's Swedish guy that we all see on the picture. And so it was like, okay, they brought him. Great. Great. Uh, so they they ruined slavery on their own. Yes. And I, I've never seen that perspective. I've never thought about that perspective till today. Well, I mean, it's the truth. I mean, they, yeah. they equipped them with the very thing that was going to free them. Because, yes, if you don't, because all that hardship and all the struggle and stuff, only a person faith-based... Could go through if you're a castaway at a you know like the movie Tom Hanks yeah. was in, like he got through there with faith and belief and stuff like that. Right. If you don't have none of that, man, dude, just let me just die on this island. Well, that's what happened. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a that's a great point, and I do think that's what happens, and I think that's that's kind of going on. With they Chris trick themselves. Stuff. That's even the same thing with Chris was asking. I mean, that's really it too. That's that's why we keep fighting. That's why we keep going through it. It makes day. you feel alive to fight, man. It yeah. does, man. I mean, yeah. and, and we do. And, and, and it's, it just it just sucks. I mean, some of the battles that you got to fight just suck. I mean, there's just no way around it. Yeah. And, and then there's some that, you know, you have some, some victories in there, too. You know, it's just one of those things. It's like it's never going to resolve itself because there's not going to be a time where we can look at this thing where there was, like, the great apology or the great... You know, there's never, yeah. there's nothing how, how do you rectify such a thing? And I don't think anyone wants a great apology. I think that's where like racist people get in and they're like, man, what do you want me to do? That happened 400 years ago. And I'm sorry for bringing these accents in because that's just my default setting. Uh, but, you know, it's, <laughs> what are you gonna do? yeah, but, but you know what? That, that, I mean, that's the, the language you hear. It's like, it's like, dude, calm down. No one's asking a personal apology for yourself. It's just about let's recognize and move on. And I, and I don't know why well, people get so upset. I, I, went, to a, I yeah. went to a plantation in North Carolina. It's yeah. one of the last standing plantations. They had 900 slaves there. And I went and got to see the house. And then they take you to the, the actual plantation homes they kept the slaves in. One of them, um, it was uh, had four families in it. And it didn't matter how big or what the small the family was. Four families in it. It might have had 30 people in this one hut. And then you had probably eight pairs of shoes that went through the whole 
Yeah, everyone cut, cheer. Right? And you had to share them, right? Yeah. As people got over. So then, but inside this one was brick, right? And when we was like, man, this is, he said, this was this would be considered a mansion to slaves. And he said, now, you would think that this guy got it right. He didn't get, he only did this. He only put brick in it because he was losing so many slaves to sickness and cold weather. So he had to put brick in it to keep them alive, right? So then they take you to this barn, and they show us where these slaves made these barns and how it, these, these things have stood through some of the craziest weather storms and everything. And they, they're, they're stronger now than they've ever been. So it showed you how, how brilliant they were in these things. So as, as we're walking out, this uh, white guy walks up to me, and there's another black guy with me. He just walks up to us. He says, hey, um, I just want to say I'm sorry, man. Because I know I can't do anything about it. I wasn't there. I didn't do anything. He goes, I just want to tell you, I'm truly sorry for what took place and what happened. And I sat there, and, I, and he just starts crying. And I sat there, and then for me, for me personally, and I think it was the same for this other guy that was there, it was one of the biggest breakthroughs that I had ever seen in my life. Because, yes, it's not that I need the whole world to say I'm sorry, but that moment was, I get it. I acknowledge it. I, I understand. Not, yeah, understand. I see it now. Yeah. More than, when he saw the little slave's feet print inside the brick in the chimneys, when he saw how difficult it was to survive and live, and, in the, and you could feel it. You could Spiritually, yeah. you could feel it in this land. He just said, hey, I want you to know I, I, I am sorry. I can't fix anything. I can't change anything. But I acknowledge that this happened, and it was real. Well, and they, that was a game changer for me because even if it, in that moment, this time, this situation, he understood, and I understood it, you know, for even myself, that I'm not a monster, I'm not a savage, that everybody said, you see me as a human being today, as a man, and I can see you as a man, and that's what I was so grateful for. And that's the that's what when you strip history and you don't put that information in, that's what you strip us from doing. You strip us from looking at this because if everybody knew about Black Wall Street and how those black people were slaughtered for nothing, yeah, for just making it, if everybody knew it, if you knew that as a kid, the way you would see me in a classroom would have been different. Mm -hmm. And and you know, and if I would have known even your yeah. history and not looked at you as I've been taught, I've been taught to fear you my whole life. Yeah. That's a fact. From, from church to everything else in life, I was taught to fear you. Even though you, you, you know, nothing to fear, I was taught almost like you don't have the same emotions that I have. You're not, you might not be as human as me. Yeah. And, I'm a, and I'm coming from being black in America. Yeah. Right? Those are things that we see. And that's what I'm saying. It reminds Ooh. me of Gone with the Wind. You know? Gone with the Wind, that movie. Yeah. So, like, Gone with the Wind, then we saw that Moses uh, movie with, uh, uh, with Charles, Charles Heston. and Heston. Mm -hmm. it, it, uh, then we saw, uh, what was it, uh, the one they made. Uh, Dumb and Dumber? No, no, Dumb and Dumber. Uh, the, with the Spartans and uh, uh, Greece and stuff. Uh, okay, the, sorry. Uh, 3,300. But when they showed them. All CGI chiseled and beautiful, oh, with the be be with the with the beards and everything, and I was like, "Damn, look at them, man! They look they they, they look so cool." And then they showed the Persians all jacked up and disfigured and monsters. It kind of, I told me it kind of pissed me off a little bit because I, that's kind of like how Xerxes you know, looked cool though. <laughs> he looks like that dude off Street Fighter, the uh, you know, with the, 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 the tiger, you know, the, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he, he looks like, like Dalism, yeah, 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 yeah,
Yeah, no, whatever. No, no, so I guess the kickboxer. Yeah, dollism. Yeah. 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 So like yeah. you know th- that that's exactly how you know I see it like all through history, um, and, and that's why I keep on pointing back to the media and the TV and stuff like that. If you are smart enough to like just kind of interact with people and get out of that BS, that thing sitting on the wall has programmed and programmed and programmed and programmed our brains into so many different things that we just automatically go by it, right? Sure, you didn't go with Street Fighter. I didn't even go with Street Fighter. You know, think about when yeah. you're talking about it. They had Dawson being the crazy guy with skulls around his neck. Yeah. Are you saying Street they were trying Fighter's to... racist? Facts. Yeah. Ryu and Ken were great. <laughs> yeah, look at that beautiful blonde hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stronger yeah, than everybody. Yeah. Oh, you got... <laughs> I'm not going to go into whether Street Fighter was we'll racist. Leave alone. We'll leave alone. Well, they're all badass. They're all badass. But they're Street Fighters. You're supposed to have E Honda. He's Japanese, right? And that Russian guy. Why is every Russian guy got to be like this with their, you know, like, who is it? Like, they make well, they, him, they they make him like so that. make communist era, you know. Uh, they dance like that. Rocky versus, uh, you know. Bulldog <laughs> was a boxer. Yeah, and bison or whatever. Like there were, that, okay, yeah. there were more white people on that, but then you had some some appropriate. What's it called? Racial appropriate. You know when you appropriate something. But the, here's the thing that goes that goes back, <laughs> but that but that goes back to the uh, what do you call woke culture, right? Where you can't even describe somebody. No. Like you know, it's like okay, if I go to Africa. And, of course, everyone's going to be like, hey, Eddie, how are you? They talk like that. Like, if I do an accent in that, it doesn't mean that I'm you racist. You can get, get away with it more than yeah. me. Yeah, you know yeah I, mean? I can get away with yeah. it. Honestly, but, for me, you can say anything you want. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> right. That, that, that's yeah. where Chris can't White people have to take it. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing that's yeah. been crazy. It, yeah, yeah, at least give us our comedy sketches. Like then you, you can't have that want. too. You know, yeah. it's like, uh, but uh, the, but Sad. but you know what I mean. Like sometimes, like I look at it. Yes, there is inappropriateness, uh, and it's done on purpose. Like in Three Hundred, they definitely did it uh, on well, purpose. They were the antagonists. And, and yeah. look, Charleston Heston in making the Egyptians look like who they were and what they were, and this and that. And to I mean, this Char- day, is Charleston Heston Jewish? I don't know if he is. He's probably not Jewish. He's probably like Methodist or something like that. You know, it's like. Uh, but anyway, you know, and who knows if Moses was Egyptian? Was he? Why is he? He wasn't Egyptian. Like he was wife? Jewish. He came. He didn't come. He he went to Egypt later. He went to Egypt later. Yeah. I thought he was born in the Sinai Peninsula. Moses. Yeah, he would have been dark. Yeah, he would have been. Yes, he would have been dark. Jesus. Jesus yeah. probably more, looked probably yeah, like you. Jesus looked like you. More than me or Tyson. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I tell you, one Jesus thing, wasn't white. He was Jewish. No, no, he wasn't. Definitely wasn't. Uh, no. But I'm saying that. But people don't understand. Like, He's more dark skinned is what I'm saying. When we got the Bible, when yeah. we started, when people started understanding, you know, these people were pulled out of Egypt. Yeah. So you have to understand they're going to be a dark, complexed group of people, regardless of where yeah. they're dark. And that's why I don't understand why these religions. I don't know why these yeah. religions want to hate each other. Okay, so they all live in the same neighborhood, but for somehow, for somehow, Christianity loves Judaism and they hug them. And love them and embrace them. Because it's and the, Judaism says, uh, no, <laughs> back off. But Christianity hates Muslims. Well, there's a thing called they, the Crusades. They hate Muslims for the simple fact that they believe that 
Jesus wasn't crucified. Only one thing, like out of like, and Jesus wasn't God. So like, it's just like you all live in the same neighborhood. You're from the like, same places. But how can you embrace one brother and not embrace the other? How do you? Brother? How are you a Christian and you don't like, like? How do you not Jewish like, culture? You yeah. can't even understand the Bible. Yeah. The Old Testament, New Testament, and that's like knowing. Islam. It's like Islam. You cannot be Muslim if you don't love Christians and Jews. It's as stupid to not. It's, we you, love to be right. Yeah. Well, first of all, let's be stuff. honest. Yeah. I mean, like, it goes back to what you said earlier. The yeah. way that information traveled yeah. is the problem. The way that it traveled and the way that it was given out is what causes so many people to feel and think the way that they did. You know what I mean? You know, like. Like you said, nobody understood why there was such a dis, uh, hate for different religions. Nobody understood it. We just were taught it, and then you just ran with it. It's modern day now. I mean, it's modern day. Like if if you're if you're sitting in India, like some of the politics now are uh, Muslims and uh, Hindus are supposed to hate each other, not just and mm-hmm. like each other. And there's all this you know racism going on. Well, look, and there's everything. you know I mean, with shoot, you, you can't know, be a Republican and Democrat in the same room. Yeah. They love to divide yeah. us. You know I, I mean, mean, it's just all over the world, and I just it get is. sick of. It. I'm just like, listen, guys, like, and, and this was it goes back to that divide and conquer strategy with colonialism and all mm-hmm. these other kind of things. but And the, and know, the Crusades. Yeah, and I just wish people would just see through it and just talk like we are today. Like, there's just because I said those just a few minutes ago doesn't mean that all of a sudden I'm anti-something or anti-whatever. I'm just saying what I see right there in front mm-hmm. of me. Me and, you, me and you both saw, everyone saw, um, all the police brutality. Well, if someone says it, doesn't mean automatically they're this big left-wing hippie that hates uh, uh, what he called cops. Right. It doesn't mean that they just yeah. called it for what it is. And if someone is defending the police, doesn't mean that they're this uh, oh uh, racist guy who loves uh, authority figures or something. You know, that's what I mean. It's like how can we have these conversations and get back to where we need to as a human civilization and call out the systems that are in place from higher powers and how can we destroy those systems if you were the system if you were the system what would you try to do with those who could rise against you you would divide them yes that's what they do do you understand that so if you go back to um the willie lynch letter that they, that he wrote that they, they, they used for slavery um he told americans when he came to america that you're doing slavery all wrong and so the very first thing he told them to do in the willie lynch letter was you have to divide the young and the old. You have to put animosity between them. It's the very first thing they can't get along. And then the next thing you have to do is then he, that's when he started doing the whole, you torture one, you torture the other, torture, mm-hmm. and you put fear in them, and then you instill fear into the woman so when she gives birth to a, a son or a daughter, they will naturally know you will always respect the master. So he said, I can teach you how to keep them enslaved, not for hundreds of years, but for a lifetime. And so when he created the animosity between the old and the young, they could never get along. So if you look at, and then you, and in slavery, you could sell the father, you know, or whatever, and destroy the family at all times. So they, they, that, that happened, and when by doing that, you disrupt everything. And so that's what you see to look in the black community today. Look at the we're divorce the, rate. We're, we're the, talking about the divorce yeah. rate. Maybe that's a, uh, the whole thing that's going on today with society. Don't be satisfied with your partner. Always be willing to, what do they call it now? Let me upgrade you. 
Right, because if they bust right? the home, yeah, yeah, it's just it. like that. Cell phone battery, right. let me recharge it. Let me now, upgrade see, you. Let me do this. Think about what you said you were feeling and going through with your, your practice. Yeah. And think about if, if, if your wife is saying, I'm no longer staying. Yeah. And now you got to go through because you ain't making enough money. Yeah. You know what I mean? I need to upgrade you, right? And yeah. I need something different. And it ain't about love no more. It's about something else. Yeah. Now your story's way different. Yeah, thank God she's not that way. Right. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's what, when you yeah. look at what's happening right now, yeah. the, the society is yeah. telling everybody, if you're not happy, upgrade and move. Just like getting yeah. your phone. Yeah. Up, this, I'm just, uh, as far as we're talking about this, like, you look at the new iPhone that's coming out. Friday. 14. <laughs> 14, right? It don't have nothing different. It has zero different, but one little thing on it. They didn't change. They changed it. One little part what's of the, the chipset. They changed the chip. The, oh. They changed the chip in it. And they changed a the little that the little line at the top, uh -huh. and then they changed, but everything else is the same. Now, if you get in, that's only in the pro models, and the camera's different. But if you get one that's in the, just a regular fourteen, it's the exact same chipset and camera set as last year, but we're gonna charge you this much yeah. for it, and, and people are gonna go out and buy it like crazy. I'm gonna say my quote again: The more we wish things were different, the worse we feel. Yeah. It's, it's, it's starting to grow on Yeah. It didn't at first. When you first said yeah. I didn't want to hear it. Like it's, it's, it's like the feeling of unsatisfaction you get when you don't like the way things are going. That's why they always... Like acceptance is, is the... It, it, acceptance it is. is what I'm talking about. Yeah. I have to accept that I have major shoulder back issues. Accept it. But the more I wish, gosh, I wish I could... I was 21 and I could... Because I was 21, I was a physical feat. I could jump over anything. I could do anything. I was... But now, like, I have to accept where I'm at, you know? I have to accept that I'm single. I have to accept that, you know, I make a certain amount of money. I have to accept that, you know, and it, that be living in that, I'm like, you, you're satisfied. You're like, And you know? let me ask you this. Since you've been started working at a nursing home. Yeah. Um, have you started to come to, because this is how I have, you know, it's like once I hit a certain age, I've come to this point, like, um, man, we are climbing this ladder to the end of life. Uh -huh. You know, I'm not looking at it as a depressing thing. I'm just being real. Like, we're losing a lot of our heroes that we grew up watching. Mm -hmm. We've lost so many little things that we've seen over time. Even just certain freedoms that we used to have are gone. So I, I just look at sometimes, I don't know, when you, when you start going in there, you start looking at, man, you know, I'm not far away from this, this either. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? This isn't so far removed from where I'm at. I just kind of wonder. It's self-preservation type of thing. Like, you, did you go into that mode? Like, I gotta I, I'm already kind of that way anyway. Like, like I'm all not, about exercise, but I was like, man, I don't like. I gotta really watch how much I weigh, how much my sugar. If I'm moving, like exercise was like, because people just stop moving. I, it was like really about. We are not just a mind, which you. I agree that what happens, you know, but I, I'm a body, and I've got to take care of it. Like, I pretty ravaged. I ravaged my body for a lot of years, drinking and everything else. Like, I was I was always worked out and stuff, but like I started looking at like, what are these people? Why are they here? Not everybody ends up there. Yeah, yeah. That's, not everybody yeah. ends up there. I need enough money to not be there. I, can't I need. You know what the most valuable thing you need? You know what the most valuable thing yeah. is? I started thinking, I need a family. I need friends. I need I need younger people. I need you. That's you know, that, like, that goes with what I was saying. You know? Death is present. We start thinking about life. Exactly. And this is what happens when you start seeing these things. It's, I can tell you another thing that's hit me. The people I grew up with, who I, who claimed to be my best friends for years, um, are not. Me they don't too. even know who I am anymore. Yeah. 
they, 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 these people who, who have claimed, like, like, my best friends have changed so much to people who I'm around more now than I'm ever. But I'm also like, like you're talking about, you start looking like, man, I need a, set, I want a set group of people that I can rely on. We need a tribe. And trust. Yes. Yeah. We need it. And it's like, and for men, if you want to pass on that legacy and pass on those different things, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I've gotten to a point where it's like, man, I'm okay with being home, but I want to be around my, my, I want my kids with me at all times. Like, I can't stand not having them. I need that time that just to, to I don't need, to, we don't need to do crap. I just need to know where they're there. Yeah. I need to, I love hearing dad. I love, you know, I need it. You know, and it's, I, and it's crazy how I've gotten older where I don't need the necessarily best friend anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it changes. Yeah. I don't need, it's, yeah. I want my close friends. I mean, I, like my friends are like brothers now. I don't need a best friend. Mm-hmm. Everybody's kind of in the yeah. same category. You all just don't need to hang out all the time and together yes. and to like to feel good about life and things of that nature. I, I'm in the same way in that position. I just think it just comes with growth and age and growing up and going through so much uh, stuff. Yeah. You know, and then there comes a point where you're like, I'm okay chilling at home. I'm okay doing this. And I, I love I, I love being around people, but I like, I like my time. And, yes, I'm just like Marshall. Like, if my kids and family are there, like, I really don't need anything else because what am I doing in life? I'm working. Okay. Gratitude. Working and gratitude and just being and, and that's it. What's going on outside in the world is chaos, right? And, and and it's just like You're not wishing things were different. Yeah. You're like, I'm not wishing things yeah, were different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's yeah. just like just go with it. Um <laughs> I like how you plug that in there. Yeah. <laughs> this is good big for me because I think like, that's the that's the topic, uh, the title of the topic. Yeah, yeah. Quit wishing for things to be different. Yeah. Like just accept where you are and yeah. Like, listen, I've got enough money. I've got a great, I've got jobs. I've got, I, I've got an amazing body. I've got all these things. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I've got a lot of things going on for me. Prove but, it. But, but I'm stirred. <laughs> <laughs> Let me lose about five pounds. And then, <laughs> but I, I started like seeing again, things that were, that's what's important. You know, like, like friend times with friends with me is the most important thing. Like I go to work all day and I do it like in, in, in like, but also like i've started to value myself more like i'm okay by myself which is really weird because i've I've always been a person who ran away from i don't want to talk to to chris i don't like talking to him but there's this um i was over at the y like maybe three months ago and i was having a hard time because i was going through some stuff and there's this indian doctor guy i forget his name that it, it made it seem wiser because he was Indian. I don't, that's not yeah. racist. But, <laughs> no, it just seemed wiser. It seemed yeah. <laughs> that was racist. But it's, and so we're like at the Y. We're I'm both in our towels, that, right? Like, yeah. we're like we're both in our towels at the Y. And he must have noticed something about me. And he goes, "I'm not gonna do the voice. <laughs> do the voice. You know, I can't do it." No. <laughs> but he was like, "If you're not, if you're by yourself and you're unhappy, then you're in bad company." That's what he said to me. And I was like, "Damn. Okay." Yeah, I was like, say that again. If you're by yourself and you're not happy, then you're in bad company. Because you're not being, good, you know, you're not talking well to yourself. You're not a good friend to yourself. Yeah. So I started really looking at, and I've heard that before, but from him it seemed like wiser. And yeah. he was also in a town. And yeah. It's weird. He was Indian. I don't know. Made him more wise. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. <laughs> and his voice made it sound wiser. I don't know. Uh, that uh, I was like, I was resisting doing 
And I, I, I want to do it so bad. But I, but I was like, am I like? I thought like that's a huge problem. Yeah. And through my program and all the things that I've been doing, I've ended up kind of like talking better to myself, like calling myself a badass, being, yeah. you know, you know, and. And, 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 and not being hard on myself and just like and what you should have been doing all along yeah yes. yeah and it's like your confidence would have came up different it's than just sad that we went to this long yeah to like I'm 43 here. years you know, old I mean, we get you to know? this age and we realize it and that's uh, I'm with you and and it sucks when you've had something your whole life telling you you weren't valuable who are you listening to uh, and yeah and, mm-hmm. and I, you're not getting all the credit, <laughs> but it, it's it's true, and, and you're right. And there's so many things that do tell us, but it is one of those things that also I think you hit it on the head earlier when you talked about it. Our faith doesn't carry us and push us and motivate us because your, your faith, even if you read nothing but revelations, your faith is going to have to carry you. Even if you have had the best moments of your life, your faith still has to carry you. Like your faith still has to be your your motivator and moving you from point A to point B at all times of your life. It has to be that guide for all of us. And then because at the end of the day, you can't love without faith. Right. You can. And you gotta have something that has a higher standard than your own that defines that love and that understanding. And that's the same thing we're going back. If we take this thing full circle, same thing with marriage. If your identity and your your idea of love is based on something you think or you don't know or it's not a standard above your own that you both have to work towards to obtain it it won't probably won't last and then you have to spice it up you have to add everything else you need to you have to figure out ways to make it more whatever and that's what people have to do to try to even survive but if you can just build it on one thing i have enough faith and confidence and trust in you and and, and god and we're striving for something more it grows into something else and just like he was talking about earlier the fact that he can, when the storm is getting crazy, and he can, like, the storm is going crazy and Jesus sleeps, but in Austin's life, as the storm gets crazy, his wife gets more calm, more at peace, and he can walk into that. How much joy can that bring you to know that my wife is is still in this thing with me? She's going to hold it down. She's, she's regained. She is getting, keeping her composure so she don't panic like you, because if we both panicking, we got a whole yeah. different ball game. Yeah, if we were both like me, then it would have ended up <laughs> yeah. in divorce. So, one of the things that, uh, you know, with our relationship, like, like before we got married, I kind of knew what type of person she was. Like, you know, like quiet, right. this and that. And, but just by listening to the traits and who we, like matchmaking, you know? Mm-hmm. If you're going to match.com, you're going to pick someone with similar traits and this. But also, if, if you know, if you got these crazy things about you, who can help calm the storm down, like you said? Right. Like, if one person is a storm, the other one needs to be peace, peaceful. And that's why they say opposites attract, right? And it is for a reason. Like, uh, And then, then certain things you all can work on, you know, as, as husband and wife, as time goes. But, um, but look at you um, be able to celebrate that. Like, yeah. Look at that and say... I am so grateful that this is a part of who she is. Well, most men and will get in their ego. Just, most men will get in their ego and be like, "Shit, my wife's getting all the credit. Right, she's, this, 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 you know, it's like this. I don't care. I don't give me. Just give. Just show me the check. 
Because I'm just trying to support my family. Someone else can have all the damn credit they want. Just give me for what I'm worth. And I want to correct something you said to me a long time, a while back that I, I, mm-hmm. I'm never going to lose sight of. I was talking to him about his wife and, and about how, what was it about her? Because he, he obviously there were some things that you were presented with different options, right? Well, yeah, I Trying mean, yeah, to, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, system was. yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, but when he was, system. <laughs> have your pick of the litter, yes, <laughs> that, 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 no, it wasn't, well, kind of, <laughs> well, that's kind of how I took it, well, yeah. I mean, but, yeah. but well, yeah, maybe, I need to choose better words, all right, no, I'm just, no, I'm good with it, it's we're hard woke, to explain, we're woke in here, no, yeah, yeah. Um, but when I, when Austin was telling me this story, one of the things that he said that really just has pain, and I never had met his wife, I never met his wife, but I felt like I knew her by her character based on what he said when I asked him um, about her. And he was like, man, when I, when I tell you how my wife treated her father and how she was about her family and how she, would, she made sure that she took care of her family, he said, that to me spoke volumes to who she was more than anything else. You know, not to mention he said how pretty she was and everything else, but this was that one thing, how she took care of her family and made her, her family is so important. He said that was what he was looking for in his life. And that's what he wanted, That because that would do far more than anything else. And to look at your life and the, the choices you've got to make to take a business out in this area, that's, a, that's a, a very scary thing, especially when some of the things you try to do were rejected from. And then to do what you're doing now and to see that, that to me is like, those qualities are things that are missed. So like when you talk about Match.com, we see the face, yeah, the little bio, and oh, this sounds like a glitter, you know what I mean? She and, dick. <laughs> <laughs> but those qualities yeah. are lost art. And not only what? that, there's very few people who want to take care of your family. You know what? I love my family. So what ended up happening was like I start seeing all these shows and different things and, and seeing people around. Like I would always hear, oh my God, the mother-in-law's coming in town or oh, I don't get along with his brother. Like, you know they're twins, right? Like how the fuck do you not get along <laughs> with someone's brother or sister or family? And like, like once you do that union of marriage, there is like quit trying to everyone wants to separate their families. Uh, that's this mean this you all supposed to be like if um like my wife has a brother and sister they're my brother and sister right i have a sister that's her sister and i and i said this from day one and i repeat myself and i've said this to my immediate family a million times and my dad has also said this to me a million times it's like if you don't if you can't get those relationships right like you're going to have a shitty time in life mm mm-hmm. Because it's hard to pick between your wife and your mother. Obviously, if you're a smart guy, I hope you pick your mother because she was your first love. And then, and my dad always said, well, if you pick your mother, you better make sure your wife is understanding and know that from day one. You know? And I, and I had to think about that for a second. I'm like, so, Dad, when you and Mom were married and, like, mother and daughter-in-law would like, you know, of course, natural. Everyone has interactions and stuff. And he's like, I said that day one to your mother when we got married. Listen, that's my mother. Whatever happens, if she says something or this or that happens, just take it on chin. I got your back. But no, that's my mother. I got to support. I can't, I can't yell at my mother. I can't slap her. Say, get out of my house. Mom, <laughs> thanks for bringing me in this world, you know. Right. 
But so many people today, like even as young teenagers, I see him. I'll call my mom a bitch the other day. Like, man, are you serious? Are you serious? Are you serious? Like, That's like, and, and 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 they do that with their fathers. They do that with their mothers. They do that with their brothers and sisters. Like, can we just get to a point and say yes? We could, as family members and friends and everything, we're allowed to argue and have dis. Um, what do you call? Uh, uh, what do you call it? disagreements? But we can't treat each other's spouses' families like they're arch enemies well, and put pitch them out. Yeah. You talk about you gotta fight fair. Mm-hmm. Fight fair. Yeah. You don't fight and get mad and call somebody out their name and then tell them you love her, or vice versa. Or you tell them that you, I wish she was like your brother and then like oh, I, didn't, I didn't mean it. Yeah, yeah, you know I mean? yeah, like, yeah. Gotta, I mean, you get cutthroat people. I've gone. I've been in relationships that were cutthroat. Like the girl was just cutthroat. You know. Yeah. And. and I decided, I mean, this is 25 years ago. No I decided girl. I was never, I was like, I wasn't going to be with somebody like that. Yeah. If you're cutthroat, Absolutely. no girl will like ever be cutthroat with me because if it, if it gets into cut down contest, I did go to crap. Oh, yeah, you better. Like, we, we've, been, we've been preparing this since grade school. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, you better. You're going to get a cutthroat contest with me, it's going to get like, I'm bad. too. Yeah. I'm, I'm too fast. Yeah. Not, you're not going to get yeah. me. <laughs> but see, also, we'll stop. Yeah. Like, if I'm an, if I, if I get mad, I do not talk to these people because I will say the worst thing possible. I remember this one girl I went out with a long time ago. Also, I don't care. It's been a long time ago. She said something bad about my mom and it said my mom was a bitch or something like that. And I said, I don't know why I'm telling the story. And I said, and she wanted to be a doctor. And I said, you'll never be a doctor. I said, you don't have what it takes. I said, you can't even concentrate long enough in this conversation to be a doctor. And I just went, I just told her. Yeah. No, right. she's not. Cool. It's because of me, because I said she couldn't do it. I don't know. I'm just but then His I realized. name is Clarence. He went to a private school. <laughs> <laughs> and Clarence's parents have a real nice marriage. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just know what you're talking about. I just know what you're talking because I just watched that the other day. A little eight mile. I just watched that the other day. Yeah. I'm like you. Look, I, I had to. I had to learn that. Like, to disengage. I didn't know how, one, I didn't know, remember we talked about this before, I didn't know how angry I was at first when I first got married. I didn't know I had anger in there because it was masked by so many other little things. Yeah. I just got saved. My, I was having successes, so I didn't know that there was anything in there. But once I figured it out, I, I'm still like, I never, I didn't have to go far out. I didn't have to go, like, I'm not one of those to say exactly what I might want to say but to cut you deep. You know what I mean? I, I'm not there. I, I walk away. I'm like you because I know if I do let it out, Ain't nothing good coming from like I can't come back from. I can't walk back in from yeah. what I'm getting ready to say. You takes two people to have a war. Takes two people to have a war. And if you decide you're not in the war, well, sorry to mean to flip you off. Yeah. If they, <laughs> <laughs> I just, have a war. That's so funny how I just did that. I took one finger away and I was flipping you off. <laughs> And that black, awesome to me. black guy. <laughs> <laughs> he flipped you off, man. That's natural. It's in his DNA. <laughs> <laughs> if you take, you know, if I if I decide not to fight with somebody, there's not gonna be a fight, right. you know. And man, that saved me so many times in the last. Oh my gosh. In the last so three, four years, I was like, oh, I'm not gonna say what I want to say. Yeah, I had a lot of anger issues, and I, and I did get angry real fast, and I often wonder where it's from. Um, and it was just, I think it's all the garbage that I used to let things, and then in my default setting is to go back to that anger. Oh, Be- like Tupac. Yeah, that's true, man. I was a rebel. So one of my best friends in the world, Sheldon Williams, uh, peace out, uh, you know, Dr. Williams up in, in the Virgin Islands in Trinidad, 
he he was just like man like me and him would just like uh, at that time Dragon Ball Z was real popular so he would be like you're Vegeta and and, and he's Goku tell so, me you watched Dragon Ball Z I watched Dragon Ball Z dude at that time at that time I got right. into it but it was great cause Vegeta was this angry guy who was supposed to be like king of the Super Saiyan race and Goku had all the power so he was just always angry and this and that. He used to, we used to jack, joke and my nickname would be Vegeta. Or he used to say, Ase Frio, ice cold, because I would just be like, fuck that. Like, that, everything out of my word, my mouth would be that. And I carry that through chiropractic college because I always felt it was like me against the world and this and this and this and that, blah, blah, blah. But he brought that whole peace into my life. Um... By being so positive all the time. Right. And I always, man, if I could just be like my brother, Sheldon, I could calm things down. But I remember he was the first one that was actually just like, man, you're so anti-everything. I was like, I know, and I don't know why. <laughs> you know, it was just like, um, but he helped me bring that out. And I think sometimes uh, finding those partners, knowing your nature, what's your default setting you need to find the exact opposite of yourself. But you know? opportunity yeah. and having the opportunities to live out your passions and dreams change that, right? Yeah. They do help that tremendously. And I don't think that so many of us have been unfulfilled or not have an opportunity to, to reach goals that we wanted to reach. I think it changes that, that those feelings like when you to be able to come to certain levels of peace yeah. within yourself. It's hard to kind of have peace when you're living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. It's hard to have peace when, you, you know, a rainy day can yeah. change your life in a matter of, you know, a flat tire can change your life instantly. It's hard to live in those spaces. It's hard to live when you go to work every day and you're undervalued. It's hard to do those things to find peace in your everyday life when you have so many things screaming against you. Now, I understand there's ways to do certain things and to find those things, and that's cool, but it's, it's like this. I, I feel this way a lot that I've been given certain opportunities, but I've not been given all the tools to be successful at those opportunities, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm having to, it's like slavery, right? They didn't know what to do, so then they make the cotton gin. They, the slaves actually made it, not you know, so sure, once they yeah. made it, they made the cotton gin and they made their jobs easier because they're gonna be after 16 hour days. They figured out a way to make it easier, but then somebody comes in and takes it and then profits off of it and they get to live their best life and you're still sitting there now they don't even want you to use the cotton gin again. You got to go back to picking with your hands, right? Mm. Because they took the invention, tried to figure it out, and then they make it. It's it's those things that you go through. It's like so. Once again, I'm back out here doing something different when I have enough tools. That's where it becomes difficult. So I'm I'm you know coming full circle again, trying to find peace and knowing that you're going to go through this life not having all the tools, but still try to figure out ways to make waves and make it easier. It's, it's very hard. You have to forcibly ask the question. I think that's such a hard thing for people to do, to ask for help and ask the question. So we were in a group of uh, my dad's friends. I grew up with them. Like, you know, they're like uncles and stuff like that. So we're all sitting there, and they were like, you know, I had mentioned one time where when I was younger, like, they'd sit down and have discussions, but they never were like, hey, man, how are you? Are you going through school? Are you going okay? Do you need help with organic chemistry? You know, are you going to be able to pass that? Or, you know, they, they were they're supportive, but they never asked those questions. And then, the, boy, I fast forward 25 years later, they're sitting in the living room, and they that topic comes up. 
And they're like, yes, uh, you know, please forgive us. We didn't know. Because now they have kids and they go through their own. We didn't know what we were just trying, new immigrants trying to live. Like as a 30-year-old, as a 20-year-old, you know, just going through the same thing that I am. But at that time, we didn't know. And I was like, that's the first time I got acknowledged by an older person that they said that they didn't know how to ask the question. That's how I felt in college, for asking for help. I don't know what it's like to study for organic chem, and I don't know how hard it is. I mean, I knew once I started taking the class, I'm like, this shit's hard. I don't understand any of it. Who can I go to? Where are my resources? There wasn't probably the great internet around and YouTube and all this other stuff when I was going through it. Now I'm taking, I remember that stuff. I'm taking that same stuff that I learned and I'm making sure my kids have it so they don't have the questions. I think, I think like the stuff that we're lacking when we were younger, if you could just take that same fire, like let's just say LeBron's kids, right? He's teaching them to be great basketball players. Um, he's taking all the knowledge that he went through, and his kids will be successful, right, from that. He may have not have had it at that same thing. That's what I feel like as an adult, as a dad, that, okay, my kids didn't have this. And each and every generation tries to take that little bit of knowledge and pass that on, like your dad did with the insurance business. But that's right? the hard part. Like, I can't. Yeah. Like, when you, when you can't when you're not in a space to give somebody something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you're trying, but, you're, but I, I hear what you're yeah. saying. You, you, have to, you have to somehow forcibly tell your kids whether they want to hear so something. you don't do this. You, yeah, you, you, yeah. Get... you have to tell them something. Like, my, my parents always say, man, I'm sorry I couldn't guide you through college. We barely had an education. I'm like, don't be um, uh, sorry. Uh, you put food on the table. You had to do what you had to do. Yeah, but I teach me how to, yeah. how to hold this marriage together. What? Yeah, teach me how to they do taught this. me that. They taught you know me about mean? life, and right. they got great right. wisdom. So I'm like, just because I didn't have this blessing doesn't mean that I have didn't have blessings at all. You know, it was just like they provided everything best. They. It's up to the individual. It was up to me as a kid to figure that out. My mom and dad are going through struggle. Better not ask for a PlayStation. You know. But, you know, it's a, depending on how you're raising people and how you're talking to them, the values. And I, I think being poor teaches you more than being rich. Yeah. The one thing I try to teach my sons, too, is accountability. Yeah. Not to go back to that. I got you, Chris. But the reason why I try to teach them that is because I don't want them constantly walking around here, you know, trying to hold. One, I don't want them to get to the point where, like, you know, being entitled. You know, yeah. I feel like you, you have to get this or you're just... You know, but I also want you to be able to, if certain things, if you, what are you doing to put yourself in this position to do these things? Being accountable. Because, I mean, one thing that you're not going to do is, you know, nobody is going to hand you anything. That's one of the one things that I was, going back to what we were talking about earlier too, Chris, that struggled with me too, is like, I, I run into so many people who say, man, I would love to have you in our company to do this, this, this and the things that you do there would be great to have. Oh, we just don't have a place. We just don't have an opportunity. I don't know if I can pay you. I don't know how to, you know what I mean? But then you see so many of your other counterparts getting opportunities. It's, it's so crazy. But going back to what we're just talking about, too, just, I do wish there was more people to sit me down to, to have conversation. My dad's friends were super successful men. And I just wish they would have talked to me about some of the jobs that they were doing instead of me thinking that the only option I had was to play sports. Yeah, well, they're probably just too tired and on their own shit going through their I own think, life. I, I think you got a good point. 
Yeah, yeah. They're going to fold it. I think the point, you bring up a great point, because it took me up until maybe like two yeah. years ago, I realized I had all these expectations for my parents, and as if they were a perfect entity of a person, and that they had it all together, and then I realized like, oh, they're just going through life like me, and they're just trying to do the best they can. Yeah. Then it helped me just accept like, it gave me a lot of forgiveness for my mom and my dad for like some of the yeah. stuff like you know they, they my parents were great but just kind of like oh they're just trying to survive like me they're human i was an asshole one time imagine that right. um <laughs> and only I, one time I, and i was only just on like one occasion. i was like crying i was like crying and it was, this was like a grown-ass man i'm crying and me and my dad are having an argument and i was like you never tried dad and i'm like and then i was like Went to bed that night all angry, and then I had this... Bi- I'm like, what do you mean, stupid ass? You just told your dad you never tried. Gosh, was, the worst thing. Was wor- I was just like, he tried his best and did... Every- I apologized the next day, hardcore. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm an idiot. I'm blah, blah, blah. I was just like, like, what do you mean? What are, what are you trying to tell your dad? And what are you trying to relay your communication that you're telling him something and... He, he had a suitcase in his hand and traveled to a new country with zero dollars. And what do you mean? And he built this home and everything. And what do you mean he didn't try? You right. spoiled little kid. Chris is right again. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. What you said earlier. Yeah. 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 Say it one more time. The more you wish things were different, the worse you feel. Right. And the only reason why I also probably felt that was because you're comparing it to something you saw. I saw yes a comparison to something I saw or something Jeez. or no it was Why it was, it was it, no it was a bad because he's a he's a therapist uh, because it was a because it was that whole thing that that whole thing I wanted some knowledge so someone would tell me that magic secret like oh magic you mean secret. your parents didn't tell you this golden nugget like and you would have been successful right. because of that no it doesn't work out that way you and know? you turned out like so great I know I just beat I'm a shitter on myself. I know. I shit on myself all the time. There's this uh, cognitive distortion that I talk about with, with with my clients. It's called shooting on yourself. You shoot all of yourself. I should have done this. I should do this. I should, yeah, should, 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 should. And you end up doing nothing. I mean, I do it all. I, I, I was used to be really bad about it. I'd walk around, whether it's this house or any other house. Well, uh, I, I need to do this project. Oh, and then I just kind of like Not do it. gridlock. I don't yeah. do anything. And so... It's crazy how when you realize you do that and you're like, I'm just going to do one thing at a time, right. prioritize, pay my bills first, you know, take care of my health first. Like when you're an adult, you realize that fun is not the point. Yeah. You know, like fun is, no, you got to take care of your stuff. Right. Like you got to take care of your body. You got to take care of your family. You gotta, like how much, t- like fun comes, fun comes, but adulting is a thing. Like I would say I'm a late bloomer. I was a spoiled, rat, you know, spoiled brat, white kid from the suburbs. You know, I wanted everything. I, you know, I, I, the only reason I got, like really went to college is because I could placate my family, my dad. You know, I'd be like, yeah, I'm, but I was trying to be in a rock and roll band instead. You I know bet I mean? you had Sunny D in your refrigerator. Oh, for sure. I would drink it by the gallon. <laughs> so you never had Tang. No, no. I had Tang earlier. But then I, as, as we got wider and richer, yeah. we got wider and richer. We got <laughs> you had Welch's grape juice. <laughs> oh yes, I did, dude. I would drink wine punch by the case. Yeah, you know, like it was water. It's like ah, which, which is a you never had Fago. Fago. Oh yeah, I, I, have I had it? Yeah, on accident or something like it. Something they have something. Like <laughs> 
I once had Dude, crust you... on my bread. I was awful. <laughs> I, went for, I had to eat crust at one point. Yeah. Um, the end we, portion of the... If you look at my fridge, it is the whitest fridge. It's like got kombucha. Mayonnaise. It's got vegetable <laughs> drink. I have no mayonnaise. But it's like a bunch of... It's definitely a white guy's fridge. Like a, a, like a hipster white guy fridge. Samuel Adams. <laughs> no, I, I don't... Oh, yeah, you yeah. get a drink No, but I, but, but I had this thing called... Um, Hop, hop water it's like it's like not near beer it's just like hop water yeah it's a beer but it's not there's no alcohol in it like it's basically like i refuse to drink non-alcoholic beverages for the taste it's of great it's got nootropics in it it's yeah. <laughs> i never understood that fake beer i'm Dude, like, I'm like samuel jackson on uh, dave chappelle right. oh, oh it'll get you drunk <laughs> like that's the only reason i'm drinking this i don't want it for the taste <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get one of my hop waters. I'll go out to the pool, and I'll be out there drinking my. You have a pool? Ha, pool. Yeah, a pool. Yeah. You have a pool? I'm, I'm a white guy. I got a pool. Oh, okay. How, like, you that last time, bro. <laughs> yeah, I got a pool. I invited you guys to a pool party, and you both didn't come. I we thought you were over there. No, <laughs> over here. I was out of state, I think. It's that over there. But uh. It's over there by the West Wing. It's a, it's, yeah. a, it's over there next to the veranda. <laughs> um. The patio. Well, it looks like we're at almost three hours, four hours, five hours. Yeah. Well, it's one hour less than that. Um, but so, um, so that's it's one twenty-six. So we're really good. Okay. But, okay. <laughs> so now that we're getting into how white I am, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can totally help it. So it's, like, it's like me trying to affect how tall I am. I'm like 5'9". Right. You guys are both real tall. You know? I'm not that 5'10". I'm you seem like a giant to me. I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe I'll just look at myself like he's a small guy. Like small you look, stature, like, tall. I don't realize how short I am to like I'm around tall people. I'm like, God, I got six feet tall. Like and that's not, I guess it's, you know, like, I don't realize how small I am. Yeah, but, but I play like AI on the court, you know? So don't confuse that. And you don't Mark. want to see me play basketball don't at all. I'll twist the ankle. If, if you want to laugh, if you want to laugh, both of you see me play basketball. Like it's the, it's. Just, What's your sport? What's your favorite? I played soccer when I grew up. Uh, I was really good at roller hockey, like a really good. But other than that, like sport wise, I do jujitsu, um, but I'm not. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, what is it? Huh? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I played some white sport. Well, I guess that soccer's not a white sport. No, it's the most it's the most popular sport in the world. Soccer is. But in America, it's, it's America. It's a white sport. Yeah. I, I don't guess. see many minorities unless they're forced to play it. It's usually it's usually, Asian, it's usually it's usually no, it's usually Asian guys like from India or Pakistan playing that, and they're like, oh, I'm gonna be on but the soccer team. If you look at, I mean, but in the yeah. world though, it's the most popular sport. Yeah, I mean, Latin America, yeah. I mean, you got yeah. some Spanish guys. In Brazil, the... Brazil has the best team. I mean, always has the I best team. I signed up. I mean, yeah, I mean, some of these stereotypes, they're true for a reason. Like, I mean, it's just natural. Like in Pakistan, India, they're gonna play cricket because that's a Commonwealth country, yeah. and and you're gonna be like, oh, I'm great at cricket. Good. Doesn't mean there's a stereotype. It's the weirdest game of all know? time. Like in the hood, you're outside shooting hoops and playing uh, football. You're not playing soccer. 
That's why we were why so good. Why do you think they're good? The you had to dodge cars. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why you gotta have accuracy, dude. I will say this though: as a white kid growing up, I I loved Michael Jordan. I loved. Like I t- wanted to be Michael Jordan, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I played basketball all the time with no, Everyone never improving like in Mike any way. And they hated him for it. Like now that I'm like, like they always give Mike a hard time. You didn't do enough for the black community. Well, this brother was a like he was the first guy to do stuff, and I he think created Mike a build. Yeah, he does. He does it on the DL. No, I he, does. he did more. Like people didn't understand. Work. Yeah, because. Mike didn't grow up real quick. I don't mean to wrap it up, but Mike didn't. Grow, he grew up with two blue collar parents that worked yeah. for everything, and so Mike understood. I'm not handing you anything. You earn what you get. Because one thing about him, to be the greatest that he was, he never took a night off. Yeah. Like there was never a time that you had to question his work ethic or his drive, right? Yeah. And so I think he did more for us than people understand. People just wanted him to give his money, and Jordan's like, giving you money doesn't stop the yeah. problem. Right, and he did a lot of. I mean, but when you're the first pioneer, uh, you're creating a billion dollar company like Jordan, and you're 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 the first person. Remember when they were like all mad at him? He's gonna get paid thirty four million for his final season in Chicago Bulls, like something like that. They were like, that's ridiculous. And now you get a scrub player in the NBA, and he's making thirty four million. Yeah, but how much did they make paying for Jordan? They said yeah. Jordan brought in ten billion dollars yes. every year alone yes. in Chicago. But when I'm sold out every arena that he touched in in the world, right? So everybody profited off him. But what I'm saying though is that for us, yeah. is that how many of those guys, how many guys like today, like LeBron's yeah. friends or fam or other people who say, if I just had fifty thousand, I could start a music label, and then that fifty thousand is gone because they couldn't, they yeah. don't know how to manage money. Yeah. Jordan was smart enough to know I, if you go out here and start handing out money. Mm-hmm. I just found this out the other day. I did not know this. Did you know? Michael Jordan used to go to the inner, like the hood, yeah, hood, hood, and play basketball. Just play. I didn't know this. He did. He did a lot of stuff on the DL where the media and stuff. Well, there's no would, internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know that, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, nobody talked about the fact that like, he was in the inner city hoods where people were getting shot and stuff. And he go, knowing he couldn't go there, go play. Like he said, they, they used to go play football. And if they were losing football, Jordan like, I'll go get another one. And he'd be on his way to get, and they have to stop him. Like you can't go to a store. You know that, right? You yeah. shut the whole store down because everybody wants to see you. So he wouldn't be allowed to do certain things, but he would take the time to go into these deep inner cities and play basketball with people, and that's how he met Quentin Richardson and a bunch of others. I've never heard that story, hmm. these stories before until recently, but it's like he did more for us because he, he not only did he tell you, showed you you could dream to be an athlete, but he also didn't, nobody handed it to him. He earned his position, and you had to work for something now. Jordan also showed if you want to get here, you have to have some yeah. a whole bunch of work ethic and, and, and some. And other. that just shows you you don't have to be vocal all the time. You no. have to put in the work and show. You can do things behind closed scenes, uh, the doors, and still be very effective, and people respect you for it. And that's one thing I hate when people don't get the credibility they deserve. Like Jordan, there I was like, I, I remember I, was, I forgot what you, show I was watching. Uh, he never was vocal like, uh, like say LeBron. LeBron. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, uh, well, uh, that's a false statement because uh, just imagine uh, if Jordan was vocal, he did stuff his own way. LeBron is one person who does it his own way. Jordan is another way. Jordan went behind the scenes and did stuff, and he did charities and all these other things. He was the first player in all sports athletes to break that barrier. To get globally. somewhere, yeah, globally, 
But let's be real, yeah, Ross. If yeah. we're good as it, then we get on TV and, and wear a shirt. Yeah. Let's be realistic. You know what I mean? Like, how come LeBron didn't pay for Breonna Taylor's lawyers when they now have found out that that, that whole case was, they, they set the whole thing up and they messed it up, they botched everything. They now come out came clean, came clean about everything. They messed that whole case up. They lied about everything on that Breonna Taylor case. They set this thing up and killed that girl. How come he didn't pay for that? Well, I mean, how come he, how come he, we, we could say that. Why didn't LeBron Yeah, it's not, it, he no, doesn't. No, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying, though, we call these people activists and we tell yeah. them they're doing something so great, but they're not front, they're not. Celebrities should they're not, not be. And they're yeah, not helping people. Yeah. They're not putting people in positions yeah. to be better. You know what I mean? Like the LeBron school. It's just a name. Yeah. It's, it's a tax write-off. It's a whole bunch of other things. That's what rich, rich people do. It, it, right. And but, that's what I'm saying. But, so it's not like that these dudes are out here doing something, moving and shaking in these communities like some of these other yeah. people are that are really out there doing something. Steph Curry fed 5 million people through one program on his own, out of his own money. No tax write-offs, no Five million people he fed. I thought that was unreal. And never heard of it. Never heard of it. Yeah. Him and his wife. And that's what I mean. It, we should not put anybody on to like a, a standard or, or they should have been. Well, if you want a billion dollars, then people are going to question you. You should have been. Chris should be doing this. No, Chris should do whatever the fudge Chris wants to do. And he's going to. Yeah. And he's I, going I, to, I, I yeah. LeBron can do yeah. whatever he wants to do as well. I'm not going to hate on any of them. I'm just saying to the simple Sounds fact right. that is that some things uh, don't get seen and popularized no. where, you know, it's like, you know, it's like that uh, physician in the village. He's taken care of the entire village all his life and he's just been this great physician. But the guy that's uh, getting celebrity status is uh, Dr. Oz on TV, right? right? You know, it's like, because he's on this and he's on this and that. It's like, so it's like, be humble. Just do do your thing. But one thing we do need yeah. to say about LeBron, I saw he did yeah. Sports Illustrated with his son. And to me, I thought that was so amazing to see that. Um, he's with his thing, kids. He is with his kids. He's with he his family. His, he he's a, a great family man. And I thought that yeah. was, but I mean, he doesn't get enough credit for that. Because we always have to beat him up because of the old Jordan LeBron thing. That's what but I, yeah. but I, I think. But that goes back to that Willie Lynch letter, animosity between the old and young. But and it still goes on to this day because we can never celebrate any individuals in the black community. We have to compare Ali, Mike Tyson, Jordan, LeBron. We have to always do that no I'm matter what. Tired of those sales, but LeBron. They're fun conversations, though. They're fun conversations. They're great conversations, and we're going to have one here. But LeBron as a father, um, as, and as a husband. To not to go his whole career and not hear about him messing with other women or something crazy is actually just absolutely phenomenal. Amazing, it is, yeah. and, that, that, and I will never take that away from that man on what he did as a person and how he conducted himself and loved his wife and his family. Yeah. That's been unreal, and he put them in a position to succeed um, in different ways that they don't have to play basketball, but they can, yeah. and that's just unreal. So, but with that being said. Brothers got to get out of here, so we are going to wrap up. This is another session of the conversation. Understand and be understood. And I hate the fact that Chris had so many valid points today. <laughs> I was prepared. Thank you. He did a great job, and I, we definitely need to use that information. So we want to thank everybody who who is listening to this. And if you want to be a part of it, please get hold of us. So we appreciate you. Peace.